Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, the great honking is winning. We're learning now that Quebec is pulling its tax on the unvaxxed out of a fear of social cohesion breaking down. We've got other reports that. Mounties, I think Mounties, right? RCMP, those are the Mounties, right? They were, they were threatening to arrest the truckers and they backed down. So the, this may be a victory in some respects, but the war is still raging and the great honking continues. And here in the U.S., there is more and more talk about American truckers getting on board with their own kind of great of freedom convoy or great honking. So we have much to talk about. We'll talk about all that. Plus more, we've got a story about Jack Posobiec being smeared by the media and Jack's actually here, but first, let's uh, let's throw it to uh, Lily Tang Williams, who's joining us. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, Lily Tang Williams. You want to put your mic up? Sorry. Oh, okay. Is that better? No, pull pull it closer to you. Pull close to me. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yes, Chinese immigrant, Americans by choice, running for U.S. Congress in the great state of New Hampshire. Free state project. Yes, and uh, um. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year, everybody. Today is mm. the first day of uh, Chinese Tiger Year. So, so y- where is this jacket for you guys? <laughs> You've actually experienced the, uh, the, the awfulness of communism. Yeah? Yes, I lived in China for almost 24 years. To me, it's like a, I was not free. I was a little slave. So I feel very young in this country because I started my new life, free person life as 24 years old. So I'm, I, I think it'll be great to talk to you about what we're seeing with the vaccine mandates and all those policies, what your experience was in un, under Chinese the Chinese Communist Party. I think there's probably some similarities, I'd imagine. Of course, quite a lot. That's why I'm running. I'm terrified. Right on. All right, we'll talk about it. We got yeah. Jack Posobiec here as well. Now, if you want to talk about Tim Pool, you can say it in Chinese. <laughs> so they're making fun of you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, whenever we speak Chinese, not good for you. Don't tell him that. So my 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 half Chinese kids, whenever their friends come over, if I sp- start speak to them in Chinese, they know their friends. Tom's just mad. Now are you? We, my we, mom we, would just yell at me in English. Yeah, uh, uh, what they call the tiger mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Is that it? But yeah, but no. Well, you um, said it's the year of the tiger, right? Oh, it's the year of the yeah, tiger. Yeah. So we got tiger mom yeah. in the year of the tiger now. Well, all right then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think everybody knows who Jack is, but you know, just you know. Yeah, Jack Posobiec, uh, he was a host of Human Events Daily, also the senior editor over there, uh, um, host on the Turning Point Live Network, as well as a million different things. Now published in Newsweek, which of course has made uh, NBC's resident Mehdi Hassan very upset because I was going after NBC and their relationship with the CCP and many others and their relationships with the CCP. So of course he comes out to try to smear me, try to cancel me, and is incredibly impotent. It's amazing. In you know, Newsweek does a pretty good job. I'm impressed. They have a, an eclectic set of opinions in their opinions. Well, section. so they're running dissenting views now. And yeah. so they'll actually set it up. They weren't able to do it because of, you know, sometimes they didn't get the timing right. They'll actually pick someone on the left and someone on the right. And so if you go to their opinion page, it'll say, you know, sort of like this person on the left versus this person on the right. And maybe the topic is vaccine mandates or yeah. the topic is um, the new voting rights project or, you know, Biden's voting right, whatever it is. Right. And they'll run opposing views, which is something that 
newspapers and magazines used to do in the past all the time. And yet somehow, you know, later on into the 2000s, we split into, oh, no, this side is only going to give one opinion. This one's only going to give another. So um, everything that Josh Hammer and, uh, well, they're and, mad and about the it. whole team is doing over there is is amazing because, yeah, and you've got Mediasan and people like this saying, no, you can't run these people because they have bad opinions and very naughty thoughts. Yo, yo we uh, we're winning. Free speech, free un- free inquiry, freedom Let's of association, it. it's all winning. So, and this Jack, is exactly what Joe Rogan said, too, by the way, right. recently. So, welcome. And, uh, unfortunately, my friends, Ian is not here. Instead, we have Seamus. Stole his spot. So, these are the credentials I have to follow up. I make <laughs> cartoons. Uh, <laughs> I have a, a YouTube channel. cartoonist. Wow. Thank you, yeah. Lily. I appreciate that. Someone here has my back. We have one fan. Um, so, I have a YouTube channel called Freedom Tunes, where we create educational cartoons. It mostly political satire at this point. Started more educational, but... Some educational stuff, too. If you guys want to check that out, we release a new video every Thursday. And I'm really excited for tonight's show. I think we're going to have a great I taught discussion. myself investing just by watching Freedom Tunes. Yeah, exactly. That's, right. true. That's not yeah. true, but you can. Yeah, you, you could. You, you actually could. Invest yeah. in Freedom Tunes. Oh, to to so, to- Freedom to- totally yeah. set them up for that. You know, you know what the communist country do to cartoonists and comedians who are not PC? <laughs> no, that's why I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You would be disappeared. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're gone. You're yeah. gone. Yeah. And we also got Lydia pressing the buttons. I am here in the corner. I get the impression i'm not going to be talking a lot tonight but i'm very excited for tonight's conversation can't wait to learn more about canada and china all right everybody before we get started head over to timcast.com become a member to help support our work support our fierce and independent journalists and as a member you'll get access to exclusive segments from the timcast IRL podcast uncensored just for you guys that is over at timcast.com but don't forget one like equals one honk so honk the like button honk, honk that support, support honk. the honking honk Honk. We, we got to get a goose honk button honk. for the honking. And uh, share this video. Uh, share the story with your friends if you like the show. And uh, again, TimCast.com. Subscribe to the channel, yada, yada. Let's talk about this, this, this story right here. We got this from TimCast.com. Quebec polls proposed tax on unvaccinated Canadians. Premier Fran- Francois Legault cited a desire to maintain social cohesion in his announcement on February 1st. I have to wonder what that might mean. I mean, that's that's incredible. It means become ungovernable. Exactly. Well, this is sort of what we were talking about the other day when I was saying a huge reason this trucker convoy is a threat to them is because people realize they can stand up for themselves and don't have to obey every order. They're not going to be as effective when they try to impose things like this. You mean like people have power or something? Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? People have all the power? Whoa, whoa. You mean like workers of the world are united <laughs> or so no no not like that not, not, not right, right 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 i think it's funny that i've pointed out you know we, we've talked about th- there's like a meme about whenever workers actually do start protesting but it's for like the wrong direction the left gets mad about it mm-hmm. and it's never been exemplified better than it is now with truckers workers of the world uniting in opposition to government authoritarianism and now they're all getting angry about it but 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 the You're point racist. is the point of this story is to maintain social cohesion. Yeah, it's working. It's, 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 it's having an impact. When people stand together and push back and honk their horns, the powers that be recoil in fear. I mean, I just love seeing these, these comments where, you know, so it's, it's like somebody screaming, I just can't take it anymore. The, you know, these, <laughs> these racist white supremacists, they're in there in, in the downtown and whatever it is. And then you just, and the response is just honk, <laughs> honk. Yeah. You know, this reminds me in China when they took this app off young people's phone to have a like a basically funny stuff and talk about their private, uh, you know, sex and, and dating. And the government even banned that 
app. And how did they protest it? To find our own people, they go out and Didi, Didi, they push their car. Didi, really? Didi is like, hey friend, hey, hey comrade, Didi, Didi, uh, you know. Didi was the name of the app, right? No, it was like the the, the car noise. Didi also is the app. That, the, right, the that, name of the app was yeah, Didi. Yeah, yeah, right. They Didi, oh, wow. yeah, they yeah. Didi was well, like so they were honking the horns beep, beep, to make it sound like Didi. It also, sounds like also Didi was the app was banned. against the government who took away people's entertainment. So that's that tells you the state of today's young people in China. They're just they have no meanings in life. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it was you posted it, Jack. Someone posted George Soros getting angry about what China was doing and speaking yeah. out against them. Was it, was it you tweeted about that? Uh, Bree Dale had tweeted it and then I, I had commented some, on some, that. Someone said that Soros is finally realizing that. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the West is going to be subservient to China in this, you know, after this great reset or whatever. Right. So, and you're seeing this, like Jake Taper at CNN is now attacking China during the Olympics and George Soros is out and come out and put this video. And so, People are saying, hey, wait, what's going on? Like, why, you know, why, why is Soros, the guy who's Mr. Open Society, Mr. Color Revolution, you know, who spread so much misinformation, actual discord, he's the guy who funded all these crazy DAs across the United States that lets violent criminals out in the, on the streets. And that, that's why homicides are at a complete um, record highs just across the country. But suddenly he's against the CCP. What's this? And I said, like, no, guys, this is Game of Thrones stuff, right? This is stuff that's going on at the higher level. It's who gets to be senior partner, who gets to be junior partner. And the idea (laughs) was the West thought they were going to be the senior partners. (laughs) But suddenly they realized that if all the manufacturing is in another country, then guess what? That country's the one with the power. You know, I almost can't believe that's the reason because how stupid do you have to be? For, for, you know, for, for these, 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 these industrialists, these wealthy individuals, these global leaders to outright be like, no, 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 it's fine if we move our manufacturing to China. It's a good thing. And now they hold all the cards and they're like, uh, okay, maybe that was a bad thing. Do you remember when Republicans, when, so Trump used to talk about this and this was one of the singular issues. I think two of his biggest issues, immigration and China, right? Were like two of the absolute biggest ones. And both of them revolve around the concept of sovereignty. But on those focused issues, he really changed the conversation on. And I remember when he started coming out and saying, we need to have steel tariffs because the steel industry is a matter of national security in the United States. There were so many of these like libertarian type conservatarian Republicans saying, what do you mean? What, what does that have to do with national security? Mm-hmm. That's just, that's just the steel industry and we should have, uh, you know, the free flow of capital and goods and people across borders and the free, you know, free trade is really what matters. And he turns around and said, yeah, well, what if we get into a war with China and we can't make steel to build equipment for our military? What if uh, there's a global pandemic and we can't make vitamin C? Oops. Or antibiotics? Right, Womp. right. That's why it's it's more than national security. It's a matter of life and death if you rely on them. So now you say they had the PPE mask, diplomacy, right? And they use that. And now, you know, next, don't know what they use. And now they're probably everybody to... So- to so we, uh, you, Lily, you actually lived under the, you know, communism in, in, in China. Now I'm curious, uh, since we've had, last had you on, there's been a lot of developments with the vaccine mandates and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your thoughts are on all of it and the similarities. Well, I'm so encouraged by this, uh, um, truckers, uh, freedom convoy that's like, I have never seen Canadians are so excited about their country. <laughs> we saw the Canadian socialist country. I have been telling people their vaccine passport have a QR code on your cell phone, it will be just like China's 
Social credit system. They track you nonstop, twenty-four hours day. Wow. You have no privacy. Privacy. Well, I have seen this one guy show me in Las Vegas. His QR code on his cell phone from Saudi Arabia. He said, "Lily, I have to have three shots in order to travel to Las Vegas for business."、Wow. I said, "Well, how how do you show them the papers?" I show you. He showed me his QR code on his cell phone. I said, "That looks like China's cell phone social credit system." You're being tracked 24 hours a day. He said, "What choice do I have?" So I'm telling people in this country,、yeah. Western world, if you let them to do that, it's end of you,、yep. basic human freedom. It's it's black mirror. It's how how have we made a TV show about this? And now we're it's not even been a couple of years, and we're already right. enacting it. Yes, exactly. I, I have uh, uh, friends of friends stories I've heard about people who are currently traveling around in China, and it's like, oh yeah, you have to scan everything to get in any everywhere.、Mm-hmm. You've got you got to be completely up to date. And then to get into any building, it's scanned and all tracked everywhere you go. Well,、yes. for、um, for Beijing Olympics, which are coming down, they,、yeah. they're locking down. So th- they have to be very careful about this because they don't want to lock down Beijing itself. And so the Olympics start what in two two or three days, I think, and three days. And they're locking down various districts of Beijing, but they're not actually locking down the main centers yet. Now they have this thing called the bubble, or if you're in, they call it being in the loop when you come in. But they're even with. Because they're、uh, pursuing the zero COVID strategy, even with that, they've had breakthrough cases inside that bubble. So what are they doing? If you're anywhere near there, if a single case comes out, they will lock you down inside a shopping mall. They're locking down entire office buildings. So for how, you, for how long? Until everyone tests negative. <laughs> so zero, like, zero COVID. Zero COVID. So, so you're trapped in a mall、yeah. for like two weeks. So you're, you're, whatever it is, wow, you're just locked in there.、And、I'm not that, surprised you, they were welding people's doors shut. Precisely. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why IOC would not delay it or change the location, and they also change the human rights rules that they want to apply to you know Paris to other places, but not to Beijing. There's lots of questions needed to be raised. What is IOC doing in Beijing now with all that strict zero COVID lockdowns? Well, are the athletes going to protest it and bail out, or right? Or are they just going to go along with it? I haven't seen any athletes protesting it because I and I remember too. Like go back and look at、um, the Rio Olympics, which were just a couple of years ago, and when Zika virus was going on. And I remember Olymp, you know, a lot of athletes saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to go to Rio because I don't want Zika." Right? Well, we're seeing the exact same thing with the Omicron Olympics. But to answer your question, what's up with the IOC? I mean, it's it's pretty simple, and this is what I actually wrote about in Newsweek. And NBC's getting you know sending out this this、uh, hitman to come after me.、Um, is that You're, you, I've heard people describe the relationship as something like elite capture, like the CCP has captured American elites, but it's not like that. It's actually elite merger. That's what we're seeing across the world. And so, yes, there's this argument over who gets to be senior partner and who gets to be junior partner. But at the end of the day, this has been a merger that's been in place for almost 30 years now. Certainly, with since their ascension to the WTO, and that's why when you see these things like Hunter Biden's laptop or the fact that Barbara Boxer. The former senator from California is now a registered agent of a CCP surveillance company, which actually <laughs> makes the cameras for Xinjiang. Right? I mean, you could go look at this stuff up. But、right? can you、She's- say it like Alex Jones now? This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this: for the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. 
And Ramp Software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. <laughs> oh, right, right. Well, you see, uh, for 30 years. Uh, 30 years. They've been sending us up. They've been selling us out. They've been sending out, they're sending out, selling out your children. They're going to be hooked up to the CCP machines. It's funny because when you talk about, uh, you know, you have, what is that picture of Klaus Schwab holding the Great Reset book or something? Right. The media told us it's a conspiracy theory. There's no Great Reset. And he's like smiling with his book. But he wrote the book. It's just so insane how, the, it, I got to say, it, it does feel like we're winning when you get stories like the truckers pushing back, them starting to back down. It, it, they they couldn't pull off what they thought they could pull you know, off. And I, 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 what I mean by that, they, I mean like these authoritarian political establishment elite types. But you know what will come next, right? Just you just wait. Give this like a couple of more days of the trucker protests, and you're immediately going to see the media flood the zone. Mark my words. Screenshot this. Whatever. I know we're live. Um, you will see the media pushing stories about self-driving trucks very, very soon <laughs> as a response to all of this. Yeah. And suddenly, and like I'm because Yang talked about this a lot, and you're gonna say, "Oh no, it'll be so great," and they won't get in accidents, and time will you know they will travel faster because they don't have the time restrictions that truckers have, etc. That's the next thing that's coming, guaranteed. Let me, let, me, let me pull up this story we got from the Daily Mail: Police threaten to arrest truckers blockading the U.S. border in Alberta unless they leave. Cops give Freedom Convoy an ultimatum after their one-time cheerleader, Justin Trudeau, turned on them for protesting his vaccine mandates. So ultimately, the the RCMP backed down. But is this them saying, you know, the the Mounties are leaving because we've issued your warning, we'll come back later? Or are they completely unable to do anything about these trucks? I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? And and hats off to Rebel News. Um, I think the website is convoyreports.com they have up i think they have, they're doing a fundraiser for lawyers by the way for this. so what what we're talking about for people who um that aren't familiar you have truckers right now that are on the border between alberta and montana that are actually blocking the main roadway on this and i, lo- I pulled it up on the map this is your basically your main border crossing between calgary and the entire pacific northwest so if you're coming out of that main city of uh, central, and this is a central agricultural hub. This is a cattle hub. So your beef, um, some poultry that's all coming out of there, out of Calgary, out of that area. They're locking it all down. And the truckers are just basically standing there saying, look, this is a standoff. We are not, co- we are not going to move the Mounties and Rebel, New- Rebel News, as far as I can tell, are the only ones that actually have people who are embedded there because there's no way to get there right now yeah. <laughs> otherwise. So it's like the middle of nowhere, but they're putting up and I'm looking just a couple of minutes ago. Um, the Alberta premier Kenny just declared that the blockade is unlawful warning that the participants are subject to arrest and they're broadcasting. So this is like kind of like, it's not like this, but it's similar to the Bundy ranch standoff that took place or the Mulhere, um, reservation. It's not like that in the sense they haven't taken over, you know, like a federal facility or anything like that. But this time around rebel media is actually in there embedded. So they've just six minutes ago posted a video of of the truckers releasing a statement in response to the Alberta premier saying, look, we want dialogue, we want communication, and we want the mandates. Later. This is a lot like Occupy Wall Street. It's so much like Occupy yeah, Wall Street. Yeah, you've got, uh, you're, you were mentioning earlier that Viva Fry was on the ground. For like six hours. Six hours. 
He didn't do 21 like I did, but he's, he's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Viva, we're, we're, we're fans. It's all right. It's, it's, it's no big deal. But no, no. But he was, you were saying that, you know, he's going around live streaming on the ground, in, you know, uh, embedded in this moment. Very similar to what happened with Occupy Wall Street, not, not just with like me covering this, and people were giving him batteries. People were like coming up to him, recognizing him, and saying, oh, Viva, yeah, I need, need battery pack, man, and they would give him a pack. <laughs> and then he went into an office at one point that and was so charging cool. his phone, but like interviewing someone while he charged his phone. I mean, it's crazy. He was like wow. meeting, you know, uh, and there was like a singer songwriter, this girl who was there, and she like played Amazing Grace just for him. And he's talking to mm-hmm. truckers and retired people. It, it was, I honestly, I kid you not, I was watching his live streams and then just any live stream I could of these trucker protests for like the last three days straight. So if you've been in my house or if you've been at the studio <laughs> down in DC, literally you see me at the computer, all you hear in the background is just honk. Honk, honk, honk. and I love it. With every honk, it just gets better and better. I want, I need to like louder and louder. Yes, more honking. Absolutely. So see, that's the big difference. If you are citizen journalist, you are in China on the ground reporting live stream from the COVID side, <laughs> you disappear very fast. <laughs> Chen, you know, Chen Qiuzi, oh, yeah. Zhang Zhan, yeah. all yeah. those citizen journalists, they are locked up. We yeah. don't know where they are. Pe- and tried. they could be dying of some disease or something you don't know. It, it, there's a big difference. That's why it's so important for people who love freedom to appreciate what they have now. You got to fight so hard to keep it, you know? Well, yep. If I could ask you, Lily, what is one thing that you think Americans need to band together and do right now to prevent our country from becoming like the one you left? Well, that that's why I'm running for U.S. Congress, right? Because I say, why I'm running? Because I fear the country I love is becoming like the country I loved. And it's getting worse and worse, not two years. I could not sleep. I saw the writings on the wall, and I saw the similar tactics and features, what's going on in this country with the mouse cultural revolution. I survived. I just feel like uh, it's like when you see your neighbor's house on fire, they don't know what should I do. I say it. I got to warn them, right? Hey, your house is on fire. So our country is going down that path very fast. I have to do something about it. And lots of Americans, when I go out to speak about my stories, they're all very interested in listening to me. But it's like, how come they did not listen to some stories, learn history about it before? So look into our educational system. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you running uh, for the Libertarian Party? Or? I'm running as a Republican. Oh, it's a Republican. I, yes. I'm, uh, I have run as before in Colorado. Um, um, LP has no valid access and the Republican Party in New Hampshire is quite good. There are lots of people like me inside to make things happening. Like, uh, like lots of them in state house, in state senate, we're passing some very good laws right now. And we already passed a whole bunch last year that are now Democrats trying to reverse them. They, they're trying to sue our state now to forbid schools to teach discrimination when race is more superior or interfere mm. than others. What's wrong with that? It's mm-hmm. in our state constitution. You cannot teach discrimination in schools. But they say, well, we cannot teach history anymore. We are so afraid of discussions of slavery, which is not true. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I see the memes all day and night. So my, my Facebook is comprised of populists across the board. I mean, Occupy Wall Street is a big populist movement. And it's split in a lot of ways. A lot of people who supported Occupy ended up supporting Trump later on. Many of them went for Bernie. So it's surprising when I see the divide. And it really is a stark contrast. 
what, what I see from the left outright says the right has stepped up to banning books on slavery. They're overtly racist and white supremacist. And like, that's just fundamentally not true. It's a lie. They're pushing that lie about the, the book mouse. Total lie. Total lie. So they're saying the book has been banned. If and you're, I, if your book is available on the rack at Barnes and Noble, it's not banned. Well, if you can bring it into the school and you can read it, it's not banned. Right. So w- w- the, the story is essentially that they voted to remove it from the curriculum. It's like, okay, there's a lot of books that aren't in school curriculum. They're not all banned. Imagine if they were like, you know, we have 500 books in the curriculum. That means 10 billion books are banned. That's insane. But with the narrative that's coming out is, oh, no, they're banning books. They're banning books. And there's nothing you can say to change any of their minds because there is a tribal narrative. Well, another thing I want to say that I testified in state capital because the teachers union supporters want to reverse our laws. Right. And they are suing our state. And you got about 20 people showed up to testify, support that re, um, like uh, the bill. And you got the two um, aging, you know, women who fled communism to give our strong two cents their work. Totally outnumbered, two, two, twenty. But we went there without the paper in front of us. We just told our stories. And I called out the NEA. I said, uh, well, if you look at the NEA national, the largest union national website, they said clearly budget to teach critical race theory into 14,000 school districts. But the people say, oh, we're not teaching critical race theory schools. Really? I said, welcome you New Hampshire chapter of NEA to come out and make a public statement about that. Because I said, oh, if you want to teach real history, I'm leaving history. I would like to go to your school, teach your kids about mm. communism. How yeah. about that? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, they should. So, so you're, uh, you're running for, uh, for the Republican uh, uh, nomination? Like yes, the there, are five, there are five Republican men in the primary with me, and I welcome all good men, but I have a compelling, unique story, and uh, I understand how precious our freedom is. I feel confident with the grassroots support. Hey, everybody's watching, please. LilyTownWilliams.com, $10, and I can win. I can be front-runner tonight. You can make me front-runner tonight in the Republican primary to say, hey, we love Lily. She's representing the common people, and she is a fierce freedom fighter. Why not let her? Are you are you uh, uh, are you involved with the Free State Project? Um, I moved there and signed a pledge to make maximum um, efforts to create a free society. I was attacked for that by the left when I was running for Little Tongue Supervisor of the Checklist because it's nonpartisan race. But when they found out I was a Free Stater. They come attack me, and uh, like it's like. A, Why I'm? Sh- shouldn't they be for freedom? I know. Live free or die. So yeah. that's, that's how right? that's just, yeah. <laughs> But but the granted progressives come out, organize workshops in the libraries every election year to tell people who are the free staters. We are the radical mm. and right wing. Nuts, something mm. like that. Mm. They sense that they even don't understand how organization work. Everybody goes there. And uh, once they sign the pledge and you move there, you do whatever you want. It's up to you. There's no dues. There's no requirement. You're on your own. And I choose my own course, you know. So uh, so, so you're running for, for federal Congress, right? Yes. And if I won the nomination, I will be the historically first Chinese immigrant from mainland China who survived communism to be nominee of a Republican Party in oh, wow. the country. And then uh, when you get to Washington... Will you uh, do everything in your efforts to repeal unconstitutional gun bans, you know, and, and things like that? 
Of course, if you have not、Love、seen、it. my, if you, <laughs>、yes. if you have not seen my John Stasso interview, I was holding my AR-15. <laughs> I love it. In front of U.S. flag, I was attacked also by some local left people to say she looked very scary. She They're hold, losers. She's holding AR-15. I said, well. I am a survivor of communism.、Yeah. I believe Second Amendment right. Otherwise, all those students in Tiananmen Square would not be killed without a fight, right? That's right. And、wow. you tell me that、uh, I look scary. I'm a five foot one, a Chinese woman, and、uh, I'm very intimidating. You know, <laughs> so they're afraid of guns, basically. So I think、yes. that's part of the problem. People are afraid of guns. Have they tried to handle guns in shooting range? When I first come to United States, first time touch gun, I was scared too. I said,、oh, I don't know what to do. I was like, oh, oh, people say, oh. No, no, no! Don't point at people. Lady number one rule. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Don't number point at people. Do not. You, you should teach Alec Baldwin. I scared.、Yeah. Oh, I scared all my you know husbands or families like oh oh God I forgot you're from China you never touch guns. I feel so empowered when I first time hold the gun in my hands fire first shot. Yeah, it's like wow because I never had that feeling. I was deprived of gun ownership. One point four billion Chinese today deprived. The self-defense right. That's why they are quiet. That's why they comply, no matter how bad their life become. You know what can you do? You know people don't realize about the Second Amendment. The left often says, "What are you going to do? Rise up against the government?" Blah blah. No, that's not what it's about. It's for one. It's it's a it's a force. It's a force balancer. So you mentioned Tiananmen Square. They roll out these tanks, right? So, so, and then basically, you tell me exactly what happened with Tiananmen Square. They came and they killed all these students. So, what happens that、uh, um, when the、um, premier of China Hu Yaobang, he、mm-hmm. was the one not just advocate for economic freedom. He was talking about we should have. Political freedom as well. So we were in college, and like, uh, let's talk about, let's have a conversation. What kind of country we want? Can we become a Western democracy countries? People can vote, can have a dialogue with our leaders. So they were peaceful. And but when this leader died, and they were actually just going to Tiananmen Square to mourn his death. Lots, lots of you know those Chinese you know and flowers and all that. But、uh, then after a couple of weeks, and people start to say, "Hey, we want to have dialogue with our leaders." They were not calling to overthrow the government. No, they just say, "Can we have a dialogue? Can we be represented? Can we have a continual dialogue about political freedom, like right to vote and right to appeal, rule of law?" And at the beginning, the government were quiet. And then more and more students show up, and more and more students start in other cities of the province, like、wow. capitals, like my hometown. And、um, even when Gorbachev visited China that time, by the time it was like four hundred thousand students at Tiananmen、wow. Square, and they had to reroute for him to visit the state. So after that, I heard that、uh, Deng Xiaoping. And back then was the leader, and talked to the military in Beijing to say, and go rowing. To the Tiananmen Square, but the Beijing troops knew those were our best and brightest students and peaceful. They were not going to kill them. And you see, citizens come out, beg them to leave, and literally have offered them water and bread to when they're hungry to say leave. You know, they're not threats. They're not counter-revolutionaries. Go home. So Beijing general actually later got fired because Beijing troops left. Wow. That Deng Xiaoping went back to Hubei. Where Wuhan is capital, to say, go to Tiananmen Square.、Mm-hmm. Whole bunch of young people, counter-revolutionaries, are trying to overthrow the government. 
traitors. Traitors, traitors basically. Yeah. They killed them all. 10,000 estimated to be to die that So day. what people need to understand about the Second Amendment, that that story, what would have, what what would have happened if they actually were armed? It, I don't think it would have escalated to a major conflict. It would have escalated to a dialogue. Because the government would be like, "Look, we're not going to go in there. People there have, have have weapons, and we don't. It could go. It could go south real quick. So we need to figure out how to defuse this." In the United States, a lot of these, you know, large instances, these these mar- large moments where people, the left, is like, "What do you think you're going to do? Rise up against the government?" Blah blah blah. No, it just never escalates to that point because no one they they know that there's a mutually assured destruction. But a really good example of the deterring effect and the ba- the balancing, uh, the force balancer is the Breonna Taylor story. The police kicked the door in. Mm. Brenna Taylor's uh, boyfriend returned fire, hitting a cop with a bullet. The cop was bleeding from the leg. They fired. They killed Brenna Taylor, but there were no. The charges were dropped against the boyfriend because he had a right to keep and bear arms and defend his home. Mm-hmm. That means the police in this country know a, a law-abiding citizen may be armed, and if you try and break into their house and violate their rights, you could die. Mm-hmm. You could die, yeah. and and the per- and and Grant Taylor's boyfriend did not get in trouble. I mean, they 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 pushed him through it a little bit, but eventually, he just was like, "Look, it was it was it was lawful self defense of his house." So, in a country like uh, you look at these videos out of Australia or the UK, the cops kick the door and they walk and they do whatever they want. Well, in the United States, yeah. not so much. Still, yes, they do, but not so much. Well, that's why um, if you look at my past, 2013, I published open ad by National Review Online to say like guns against tyranny. And I talk about Tiananmen Square. I talk about Chinese people feel powerless to defend themselves, their families, and anybody can kick your door open. And uh, we, I was told when I live a very poor, illiterate working parents neighborhood, say, hey, if criminals come, go grab our choppers in the kitchen. Like when you, like, do bones and chickens, you oh, know, yeah. you use those. Well, you know, chopsticks don't do any sense, so you have to just grab the <laughs> knife, you know. So when when I come to this country, when I first time got passionately involved in politics, because 2013, the Democrats in Colorado wanted to limit the AR-15 magazines. So I testified first time. I did not know how to testify in this long line. I had to go in with somebody, my smart uh, rat, uh, like a, like, my husband called me straight red. I survived China. So I said, I'm not going to get in there testifying. The line is so long, it'll be midnight. But I saw somebody is expert witness, like a president of Rocky Mountain Government Association say, hey, hey, can I go in with you? Because I survived China. I want to give my two cents. He said, okay, come with me. So I went in with him. First time I testified in my life, in my new country, to say what you're doing is a communist way. I we need to have a second mind, to the right to defend ourselves is our God-given right. Are you becoming like a communist? Well, nobody said anything, but they passed the bill along the party yeah. line. I become politically activist after that. What's <laughs> good for you? 强敢, yes, that's Chairman Mao's quote. Chairman Mao is the one who said this perfectly. Political power grows from the barrel of a gun. Mm. And then what did the CCP do? They banned all the guns. Well, when the yep. PRC founded in 1949, my dad told me he remembered. Because before that, some people still have some guns, even though Nationalist Party by Chiang Kai-shek also started to have gun control north because, you know, he was kind of corrupt too. But after PRC, they commonly said, 
turn over all your guns, whatever you have in your house, including those people who are supposed to be kind of like a little bit like a militia group. Turn your guns. Or we search door by door. Mm-hmm. Then you go to jail if we find a gun in your house. I, I, I love this point. Um, I hate that I'm able to make it when these you know Democrat types say, no one is trying to take your guns away. I just say, Waco. <laughs> and then they'll, if they don't know what it is, I'll be like, how many children are worth killing so that you can take guns? Ruby Ridge. Yeah. You know, there are lots of cases to prove. And the people, unless some people will say, I guarantee you 100% that our government in the U.S. will not become tyrants. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who can guarantee that? If you don't trust that, then gun debate is over. It's it's simple. Over a long enough period of, of time, a system that has centralized authority, you... If you have a hundred leaders and you have a system of centralized authority and 99 of them are good people, but you end up finally getting that one dictator, then he goes nuts and, and seizes more power and kills people. It's, we just shouldn't have that centralized kind of power. Just we, like we a need, Mao, right? Mao's right. like sociopaths. So you don't have a rule of law. You have a rule of man. What if you run into seven madmen? And when I was growing up as one madman, sociopath. 20 million people died during his Cultural Revolution. So so you go through the Cultural Revolution in China. You come to the U.S. You're in Colorado in, you said, 2013, I think, right? Was yeah. That and now, how do you, I mean, I, I kind of asked you this already, but seeing everything that's going on right now, it's got to be kind of like, I don't know, nerve-wracking. You're like, I, I, I left China to get away from this, and now... These countries are doing similar things, and they're ramping up towards this, this you know, authoritarianism. Well, that, uh, um, like the defectors from Russia, they said that too. They said, uh, you know, they will corrupt the free world one little bit, socialism, um, every day. So they sell you free stuff first. So our young people need to realize that. Free stuff, it's what they use to get you an um, interesting um, socialism because every equity, I mean, they don't realize that is a communist term. So once you get into the door, you vote for them and they have total control. Oh, all of a sudden you cannot vote anymore. Yep. And you cannot have guns anymore. You cannot have a private property anymore. And your children don't belong to you. They belong to the state. And you don't have a medical decision anymore. You know, we have seen plenty of that in the past two years. That's why I feel like I can do more now by going to run um, uh, for office so I can get my messages out. I want to pull up this tweet here from Benny Johnson. Savage Canadian conservative leader puts final nail in Trudeau's coffin in parliament in front of the whole world. This is a truly epic 30 second smackdown. 
And the reason I think this clip is important is that it shows for all of the bad that's been happening in uh, in the in Western countries, there there is still an active resistance speaking up and saying no. Listen to this. This is in relation to the truckers' protest, the Freedom Convoy, the Great Honkening, and how Trudeau and Canada lied, smearing these people. Listen to this. Let me actually fix the audio. Canadians who are outside today, patriotic, peace-loving Canadians who are called misogynist and racist by the Prime Minister. So again, I will ask the Prime Minister, who may I remind this House wore blackface on more times than he can remember, apologize to the peace-loving, patriotic Canadians who are outside right now just asking to be heard. Will he speak to them? And then they all stand up and clap. So just to just to quickly summarize, she said, you know, he smeared these these people, these peaceful protesters, a prime minister. And then you hear someone actually say blackface prime minister. And then she says a prime minister who's worn blackface more times than he can remember has the nerve to smear and insult these working class people. So when we hear these stories about how really bad China is and, and how it got to that point, we can see similar things happening here. We're actively resisting. You know, up in Canada, they've got people, obviously, with the Freedom Convoy, the Great Honking, people are actively resisting. In the U.S., we're getting stories now that maybe in the U.S. there's going to be some Great Honking protests, some trucker stuff. So I'm, I'm fairly optimistic, to be honest. Me I think too. I think we're going to re- resist good. all this. Yeah, I'm glad to see you're optimistic. We have no place to go. Well, also, you're running for office. So, I mean, yeah. there we go. I mean, even more optimistic. Well, I hope so. I, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad I can make some difference. I feel it's my calling to do this. When I feel my country is becoming like China, it's like, a, hell no. How about my three adult children? How about my grandchildren? How about all the freedom lovers? Well, well, like, well, let, me, let me ask you, though. Are there in China, are there people who are from America going over there and being like, we, we've got to make sure China stays like China because it's becoming too much like America with freedom. Yeah, and- our businesses. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, I have yeah, seen, I have seen the like uh, the U.S. consular office staff and families wanted to leave China now because they cannot stand the zero COVID policy. But but I mean, are are there Americans who defected to China who love communism and want to live under that? Speaking in the media, being like America's terrible and China's so good. I don't remember any. That's why I think we need the volunteers. So they come in as professors from this country and social justice warriors. Please, will you, go yeah. to China. <laughs> you love it. Send them over there. Yeah. I will pay for it. I trip. know you will. <laughs> you, you do see, though, if you turn on um, Chinese state media, so CGTV, they used to call it CCTV9, but they changed it to CGTV, you will see Westerners on there, American and British professors in some cases, who are going on that are delivering you know, these essential CCT, uh, CCP talking points on these things, talking about, oh, it's so great that China has the Olympics. Yeah, paid. It's so wonderful. Yeah, they're all being paid. <laughs> yeah, they're this. making money. You know, and, and you track it down and they had some like, you know, maybe adjunct assistant faculty position somewhere at some college that nobody's ever heard of. Yet when they go to China, they're, they're feeded as this great American scholar and here they are and they are paid to push the company line. And we see this again and again and again. This is why there is an actual elite merger going on. I mean, and it isn't even just, you know, there was that Harvard professor who was um, Charles Lieber, who was finally convicted. Uh, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but you're seeing some of the stuff with MIT, the scientists at GSK who just got arrested in uh, Philadelphia area who were digging into, of course, monoclonal antibodies. So 
this has been going on more and more and more. And yeah, there are people who are doing it, but I don't necessarily know if they're doing it because they believe it or they're just being paid. Well, remember the Confucius Institute? Confucius Institute, yeah. How, how naive we were. A lot of Chinese government-funded organization called Confucius Institute going to our colleges, set up schools in, mm-hmm. in, in middle school, high school to teach children, our children, about China and glorify China. Yeah. And... Uh, until they wake up, it's like 15 years later, they have infiltrated China, can, I mean like United States, Canada, Australia. And now you know what happened in Australia? And you, you got Hong Kong protesters, right, to support a Hong Kong student movement. You got pro-Beijing people. And they were fighting you in, in EU, and they're fighting in Australia. Two sides are equal. It's like, wow, communists are in the Western democracy countries everywhere. Yeah, I, sh- I, should, I should just uh, point out with people like LeBron James and Mark Cuban – and even I think Elon Musk has made some positive statements about China as well. Maybe they're not just in China, you know, going on Chinese shows and being like, man, you know, China's so great. And when I see China becoming more like America, I say, we have to stop this. We have to make, you know, <laughs> but you have LeBron James, you have the NBA, you have American companies. So it's probably worse. So Elon, and I think I talked about this before last time I was on the show, he's got his Twitter and on his Twitter, he'll be very, you know, he almost like libertarian sounding sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. On his Twitter account. But Elon's also got a WeChat account and WeChat and he's got a Weibo account. So these are, this is Chinese social media and he'll go on there and he's congratulating the CCP on their hundred year anniversary. He's congratulating the Chinese government. He's opening his new Tesla show, uh, showroom where in Xinjiang, in the actual province where the Uyghurs are all being locked up. So, you know, just something to show that, you know, he's clearly got a different message depending which audience he's yeah. talking to. So, so, so what ends up happening here in the United States? Uh, are we, are we going to see, uh, active resistance? When we, when we look over at Quebec, we have the trucker protests, we have the freedom convoy, they're pulling back the vax tax. They're worried about social cohesion. But, uh, there are some countries in Europe that are doubling down, like, you know, Austria's, and it's, they've made the vaccine compulsory. Oh, I'm wondering, you know, what happens here in the United States? Because it's, it, I just don't see at this point how you could possibly unite the left and the right. The barrier is solidified. They believe completely different things. They they will not listen to a word you say. It is it is just two sides with no with no middle ground. I anymore. can I can unite at least the people of New Hampshire and the country because uh, I um, I'm the like inconvenient minority who knows the strength exception in the United States, but also knows the division of society that uh, caused by government. And the media colluding together to divide people. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. But I mean, look, they say the, the, the funny point that was brought up to us in a super chat was that the left claims black people can't be racist, but Candace Owens is racist. It, it, I just feel like there is no compromising. And Whoopi Goldberg with, is perfectly fine. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I know. Right. Look, Roseanne Barr gets fired from her show for making an off color joke. Whoopi Goldberg outright makes crazy statements about the Holocaust, and they're like, well, you know, yes. All we have to do is speak to people who are confused, independent, in the middle, that uh, this kind of division is very dangerous to our country and uh, our children because it's a typical communist tactic. Like by Mao, 
He separate people into oppressor versus oppressed. Sounds familiar mm-hmm. today. Yes, yep. And the five black classes under oppressor, and five red classes under oppressed. And then going through struggle sessions and get people hate each other and they control all the media. Remember, Xinhua News Agency was a private media company when the CCP founded 1920s. Later, they become the largest propaganda machine in the world. So I don't buy into like, oh, our is big tech, they're just private company. Are you sure? 100% private? No government pressure, no government investment, and no PCs? Like, no, look at the Xinhua News Agency. So we have to kind of, I want to treat people with respect. I know both sides sometimes, I think we need to tone down a little bit to say, I respect you. Opinions, even though I don't agree with you, but I'm willing to listen to you and have conversation with you. Well, it's interesting because even these large social media companies in the organizations we refer to as big tech, many of them have investment from InQtel, which is actually a United States government-run venture capital firm. What I would like to ask you, Lily, is have you had any success at reaching Americans who identified as communists or socialists as opposed to the people in the center? I gave you an example. I have been going to colleges for the past four years to speak to students. Mm-hmm. When I went to West Virginia, right here, right, the, the university, one Bernie Sanders supporter come to listen to my story, my talk. He stayed for a long time. Two weeks later, he went back to Turning Point USA organizer and host to say, please tell Lily. She changed my mind. Amazing. Wow. And uh, now he joined the Turning Point USA. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> government sucks, I realize. You <laughs> didn't, didn't ask her to say that. I, yeah. you know, that was I, don't, a, uh, I, don't, I don't think the Republican Party is the answer. I think it's got to be the people getting out and voting in the primaries, voting locally. I, I say it like whatever it is, if you don't know what it is, I, I remember seeing, you know, in Chicago is like vote for comptroller. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And mm-hmm. But you've got to know what it is. You've got to vote for these people, because what happens is even your school board ends up getting taken over by, you know, Marxists, communists, far leftists. And they've they've we've seen this in West Virginia, people from the D.C. area that are ultra woke, far left, move out there specifically to get elected to school boards. So they can start indoctrinating kids in conservative areas, in moderate areas, in apolitical areas. That's what they want to do. They want to spread that message. So you've got to pay attention to who these people are. You got to know who you're voting for. You got to vote local. You got to vote for your state rep, your state senator. You got to vote in the primaries because you're, you're running in the primary. And if people want someone like you to win, they got to go out in the primaries to vote. Yes. Otherwise you get neocon establishment Republicans. Yes. And you cannot be afraid. You cannot be afraid to call white supremacist, racist, you have to reject that. Those people who call you that, they just don't know the history if they're young or if they do do that. It's Marxist, communist tactic. Don't be afraid of them, Connie. We have to counter strike to say you are Marxist. Did you did you see that uh, um, Ted Lieu tweeted at uh, Ron DeSantis or whatever? And he's like, it's not hard to, to condemn Nazis, Ron. I saw that and I was just like, at this point, I don't think there is any unaffiliated person who is sitting there going like, wow, Ron DeSantis wouldn't condemn Nazis. He must be racist. No, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) At this point, everyone's either like, I know he's not, but I'm going to call him that anyway. Or they support him and they say, we know you're just lying. Yeah. Where is the the person confused about this? I think what's going on, though, and I think a lot of people are missing this, is that in all the talk about Ron DeSantis 2024, will he run? Won't he run? Is he going to go against Trump, et cetera, et cetera? A lot of what's been missing in that conversation is that Ron DeSantis is up for re-election this year in Florida. Yep. And so people are missing the fact that 
You are going to get psyoped by the media and by the left like you've never seen before in Florida. Now, remember, Ron only won by like one point. Right. The last time around in 2018. Now, he he wasn't as much of a household name back yeah. then as he is now. His approval ratings are much, much higher. And so obviously with the mood of the country, he should do quite well. But they are going to throw the absolute gauntlet at Ron DeSantis. So they're going to go. And this is just the start. This is just the start of it. They find some crazy group on the side of the road. You are going to see a complete unleash on Ron DeSantis, and that's going to be the test run for 2024. Maybe, maybe. But the one thing stopping Ron DeSantis from a potential 2024 run is that he is the governor of Florida, and a lot of people want him to stay there because he's more effective than he would be as president. If they come at him and they actually end up winning Florida, then DeSantis could run in 2024. Maybe that's good for Republicans and populists, or or maybe, you're right, and maybe what they want to do is they want they want to take the governorship from him so that he says, okay, well, now I'm free to run in 2024 and create a rift between him and the Trump and Trump and the support and the base. And maybe that's, you know, a chaos strategy. They will do anything they can to split up the populist movement. You're seeing them already do this. You're seeing people who are just spread. You're going to see like Ron, by the way, what's the biggest right to so the main the main argument for Ron DeSantis? And I'm, I, I don't have a, like a dog in this fight. I'm not arguing one way or the other. But the main idea is they say, well, Trump has baggage and Ron doesn't. And, and and Ron is effective. And, you know, people get turned off when they hear about Trump. But with Ron, he doesn't have that stuff. The point is to give him the baggage now. They right. want to bloody him up and dirty him up and destroy his Wikipedia page and do anything they can to just put as many marks on this guy before 2024. I, I, I think we have deeper problems than that, that I don't, I don't know if that's going to matter as much. I'm, I'm sure it obviously it will matter, but well, I hope it doesn't. This, this country is so hyper polarized. I don't know how much more we can withstand. You you can go on. Look at Project Veritas. I mean, James O'Keefe is getting more and more popular among regular people. I went to uh, a little farm nearby. In fact, we have a little alpaca behind Lily sitting right here that we we, we put up uh, every so often. And it looks just like Retracto. I thought it was Retracto. It is not. Actually. It just looks like it. Yeah. And we were out. I was, at, I was at this little farm, um, just a little farm, not super political people. And we were just talking about regular stuff. And they were fairly moderate. And then I mentioned, I think we had just had like James O'Keefe on the show. This was a few months ago. And then peep, so, so, there's a guy in the store and the woman, they're both like, we love James O'Keefe. <laughs> and I was like, really? And they were like, yes. They were Amazing. like, you know, we're sick of the manipulation, the lies. He does great work. When I, when I, I, I heard that and we're in like a moderate area, it's like decently blue and, and, and we're like, we're not far from DC. So it's, it's fairly mixed politically. But I, with all of the smears they've thrown at him, with his Wikipedia page being completely fictitious, nonsensical op-eds saying Project Veritas is far right, racist, conspiracy, whatever, the, 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 the narrative control is gone. Do you see what they're doing now on Wikipedia? There's actually an argument right now on Wikipedia. Apparently there's a page called the, um, the massacres of communism and, <laughs> and they want to delete it. There's actually right. an argument yes. about deleting that page because they're trying and they're trying to say this stuff about, Oh, well, these, this was unintentional. This was just a, what do they say in China? The famine years, the three years of famine. This three wasn't years something of natural that was done. Disaster. Three years natural, of natural, natural yeah. disasters, yes, right? Natural right. disasters. But, but my point is just, it's ineffective. The, the, all the smears they've thrown at him and still regular people down the street are big fans of his. 
they they didn't know who I was. They didn't watch the show. They didn't listen to podcasts, but they were familiar with with Project Veritas and they loved it. Yeah. I mean, look at the Epstein expose that Veritas did with uh, Amy Rohrbach or whatever her name is. Rohrbach. Biggest story they've ever done. I, they 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 get a, a leaked video of of ABC basically saying they had witness testimony about Epstein that there was that was that was shut down, and that's Project Veritas doing that. It's it's, it's it, they're not only putting out partisan information. But I, I use James O'Keefe as an example that. You know, when you mentioned Ron DeSantis and his Wikipedia page and trying to smear him, I'm like, I don't know if that matters anymore. Yeah. I think, I think. Well, it's not just the Wikipedia though. And that's, that's, no, I, that, that's part of it. But it's the idea is it's the steady drumbeat. And it's going to, you know, first it's the Nazis on the side of the road. What happens when they're, look, they still haven't caught the pipe bomber from January 5th? Sure, sure. But what I happens just, when there's more stuff like that that goes on in, I'm telling you, they are going to throw so, the regime is going to do anything they can to take out someone they view as But a it's like a person in quicksand thrashing violently and sinking faster for doing it. You look at what they said. We, we, we covered this the other day talking about the great honkening. The Toronto Sun was like the trucker protest that are a bunch of far right racist Nazi flag waving people who stole food from the homeless. Yeah. And we're just oh, like, was this, was this that one like, yeah, like columnist, they, yeah. that one crazy columnist guy who was right. Well, they were that. like Trudeau said it. Well, yeah, like they, yeah, yeah, these yeah. people just got on a truck one morning and you're like, you know what? We're going to mess with homeless people today. That's our whole <laughs> cause. Like to hear the media <laughs> characterize them. That's what you think. I was like, you know, hey, I'm going to go be racist with my fellow truckers like they have no other motivation besides trying to be horrible Fringe people. minority, they call this, this, this massive convoy, which is now spreading to all these other cities, which may be spreading to the U.S. I'm just saying, I feel like we're winning. And by we, it's, it's such a massive and eclectic political group. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got post-liberal, I guess they call it, people who used to be your traditional liberal now finding themselves politically homeless or more aligned with conservatives simply because they agree on fundamental human rights. You've got libertarians all of a sudden agreeing with conservatives on a bunch of issues. And it's because the establishment and the left are so insane that all these other groups have basically been like, hey, can we can we, can we band together because they've yeah. lost their minds? Right. The time for talk and uh, time to discuss sometimes just becomes so hard to find now peacefully. I really prefer we use our constitutional republic system to choose your truly representative in D.C. So we don't have to use our Second Amendment. Of course, that's something you cannot compromise. That's our last resort to fight for our freedom. But at the same time, every year you have local town election for school board, for other council meetings, seats, and then every two years you have congressional elections. People just have to get out of their comfort zone to take action. So if you just keep your head down, I can guarantee you it's not going to be over. They will continue to push it. The, the communists will come to test your limits and will take your freedom away. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. 
In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I you know, when it comes to Second Amendment and stuff, I, I don't think I have the same opinion as a lot of people who think, you know, uh, you know, one day you'll need to stand up for your rights. And it's like, yeah, but hold on. Yes, but this trucker convoy is just a bunch of people driving their trucks. And look how much they've, they've accomplished yeah. and are accomplishing. Peaceful protest work this time. Sir. That's right. In fact, uh, I've said it. We're not in that era anymore where standing in a building gains you political power. You know, was with, with January 6th, it's like, what do you think it is, 1700s? You stand in the building, you're like, aha, we have the building, it's ours now. I don't, I don't know what that's going to do in a digital era. But if tomorrow every single person in New York City said, there is no vaccine mandate, then there wouldn't be one. And, you know, the, you know, the new mayor or whatever politicians can say, no, 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 but, but, but we said, and everyone would just be like, eh, shut up. Yeah. Then there would yeah. be none. So if it's, it's not even necessarily about nonviolent civil disobedience or protest. It's about the will of the people and what they're truly willing to do. Noncompliance. I yeah. mean, look at it this way. Speed limit. Can't go more than five miles over the speed limit. That's a ticket. Literally everyone does. So therefore, it's effectively unenforceable in, 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 in many ways. You, mean, you might get singled out. But depending on where your jurisdiction is, you typically you go in and be like, your honor, I was at four miles over the limit. He's going to be like, get out of my courtroom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So cultural enforcement is the main, is the main issue we need to strive for. And that's why when I look at the failures of the attempts at smearing, when I look at the ratings collapse of CNN, when I look at the massive popularity of shows like Joe Rogan, I'm like, we win the message. We win everything. This you is get all, also, you get all the marbles. this is also why the trucker uprising is such an inflection point right now because you're also it's also relevatory in a sense because they are actually taking action that is threatening to the regime um, they are quite literally holding up the backbone of our society and they are preventing the supply chain from being continued in, yeah. in certain areas and in key areas but you're noticing though and I I can look around there's lots of people who run around calling themselves populist leaders you see as a populist right populist left calling them conservatives who aren't supporting the truckers or who are running around. This is, by the way, why Aaron O'Toole, who's the leader of the conservative party in Canada right now, just as an example, he's certainly not the only one. They're actually saying, talking about um, taking him, taking away the head of the party from him because he's just not doing much to support the truckers. And I think this is an absolutely revelatory situation where this is a litmus test actually right now. Mm. But if you are not actively supporting the truckers, then what are you doing? Right. <laughs> really? What, what else are you doing other than saying, I need to support these guys because they are taking action that's being effective in real time. It's peaceful. It's fun. They turned it into a rave in Ottawa, right? They're not. Yeah. Okay. Maybe there's like one or two nut jobs who show up where, you know, the guy's got a mask on carrying a Confederate flag. You know, who's even they threw him out. Right. They threw him out. So how many people are actually going to be showing it? the most powerful video that came out today was rebel media when they showed the Mounties the Royal Canadian Mounted Police walking away. They were given the enforcement rule to go in and start arresting people, and they stood down. They can't do it. You know, uh, I, I remember during Occupy Wall Street, you've got how many how many millions of people on Manhattan on the on the island? I think it's like two million, and then uh, or or somewhere around there. And then the entirety of New York City, the five boroughs, is I think what like seven or nine million or some ridiculously large number. And I was telling, you know, how many, how many NYPD cops are there? 30,000, 40,000. 
there are not enough cops to actually stop a seriously large populist uprising. Like during the May Day protests, there was something like a hundred thousand. This is back during Occupy. There's like a hundred thousand people in 2012 marching down Broadway. And if all of them decided to just break social norms and go full Antifa, city's gone. There's no way that they would have to call in the National Guard and they probably wouldn't even be able to get enough National Guard in. You get to a point where you have 50,000 truckers. What do you do? You're going to send in some Mounties, start arresting them one by one. You don't have the resources to stretch the 50 miles to actually do that. They can't do anything. Well, did we, did we even talk about the, the tow truck companies yet? No, no. Well, but Tim, to your point. Well, let's elaborate. Yeah, yeah, Do you have the story? I don't know if you want to pull it up. No, I don't know where to find well, it. Where's I just it? wanted to at? say, too, here that this is uh, the fact that they can't enforce it is another reason why it's so important to them to set the narrative. They want you to be opposed to this group. They want to turn the entire public against them because they know there's no way they're going to be able to enforce their will. Well, I want to say something that uh, lots of people... Um, because they live in fear, they bought into the rhetoric government and the media. Mm. They feel like, oh, government is good for public uh, health yes. and for society and broader common good. But that's exactly the same thing communists sold us in China. <laughs> it's for public good. You don't have gun rights because without the CCP, the China will be totally collapsed. Uh, and we're not capable of democracy either like Taiwan people because without CCP, uh, there's no stability. It, it's there are two rules of propaganda. Number one, party is always right, always right. Number two, all the media's, all the press repeat same lies every day by lots of people. You become the truth. Mm. So I have to thank you, Tim. You and you look at all those alternative medias and Jack. You, you are bring truth to people, and 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 you trust people to decide. And I'm just trying to wake up people to say. Stay away from the media, go to alternative media, and truth should give you the power and to set you free. And that way you can understand what is government mandate now. Oh, government mandate is not just a requirement, it's a force. If they mandate something you don't follow, you'll get fined. If you don't pay your fine, you're going to go to the locked up. You're going to lose your job. You're going to stay home. Look what happened to Australia, right? It's just uh, people have to understand government represents force against the exactly. regular citizens. You can choose to get a vaccine, but if you force somebody to get a vaccine, what what is the freedom about if you cannot even control what this goes inside your body as medicine? That's a fundamental human right. So all those leftists support human rights should understand that government is force. Let people decide. Amen. So, so we have this story. It's from Western Standard. Now, I have to say, I'm not familiar with what Western Standard is. I've never read them before. And uh, uh, part of me wants to say, well, I, I don't know if I can trust this news outlet. But I got to be honest, when I read the mainstream media, I often know that I can't trust them. So I'll just say this. Take it with a grain of salt uh, for what it is. This is what they're reporting. They're reporting that Alberta towing companies are rejecting requests to supply trucks to the RCMP. Quote, a lot of these smaller companies don't want to ruin their reputation in the communities they serve, so they don't want to get involved. I mean, that sounds, that sounds, I mean, completely uh, correct and reasonable. I mean, imagine you have a small business. You're a tow truck driver. You know everyone loves the truckers, and the police are like, go tow. You're going to be like, no well, and, way. And, <laughs> and if you if you read down in the story, it does say that they actually were calling the tow truck companies directly to get quotes from them. And that they do have a few listed, you know, they said they talked to some people out of the Calgary area and they've got some, they've got names and specifics in, involved yeah. in this. So, you know, the, it, it seems like pretty good reporting. Yeah. Um, 
but it's the same idea that, look, these guys are in the Calgary area, these tow truck companies, and they're saying, look, we work with the trucking industry on a regular basis, right? You're asking us essentially to go after our own customers and our friends and our partners and our b2b contracts that we've got and that we would obviously relationships that we don't want art to have you know to injure and so we're not going to take this work and we just don't want to get involved and you know the mounties are saying come and get them so then the mounties are going to turn around and say well wait a minute you know what do we do like how do we get rid of all the trucks even if they go in certainly they can arrest all the truckers but that wouldn't Move the trucks. You need the truckers to move the trucks. Right. You need the, the, the truckers, right. They've got, you know, the keys and I don't even know if the Mounties, you know, do they have CDLs? Can they drive those trucks? Do they have the, it's, that's actually one of the beautiful things about the trucker protest, right? Because, you know, the logistics are, this is what they always say is that, uh, uh, amateurs trucks tra- talk strategy, professionals talk logistics. What, think about it, right? Actually think through this. What if you wanted to shut down these protests logistically, how would you do it? Well, that's the beauty of these protests. Right. You, you can. You, you, you actually can. I mean, I, I was mentioning this the other day. If the protest is literally everyone says, let's go drive downtown. No one's broken any laws. So sure, you've got these big rigs that are pulling into the city and they're honking their horns. But if the cop walks up to one of these rigs, say like in Ottawa, who's honking the horn or who's on the highway and they say, hey, everyone's got to get out of here. You got to move back. Like, Buddy, I'm not here with the convoy. I'm just driving my truck. What are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. Your, your intent is within your brain. You've so they, illegally parked your truck. Yeah. No, I mean, if you you're, know? if you, if, if, if they all go to downtown Ottawa and they're all, blo- and, the, and the, the city's gridlocked, the cops can walk up to you and say, move your car. I'm like, I want to. And they're like, no more protesting. I'm not protesting. I'm just driving my car. We're well, stuck. Also, the fact that truckers have this kind of power when they protested and power that we never considered. I mean, so we all understand that they deliver the food to us. They're incredibly important. But everything you're mentioning about the fact that you couldn't tow them, Tim, what you're saying about the fact that the police could never really enforce a suppression of their protest because you can't determine intention in that way. It just goes to show that for all the leverage that they've had, the fact that this is the first time that they're actually speaking out and having a protest of this sort really speaks, A, to their collective character, and B, to the fact that they're probably right about this. This isn't a group of people that's constantly fretting and trying to get their way. This is a serious issue, and they're saying, can we please be taken seriously as valued members yeah. of society and be allowed to determine what is put into our own bodies? I'll tell you this. This is the ra- – so it's a brilliant protest, Trucker Convoy. They're going about it very, very smart, uh, tactfully. There's a lot truckers could do to completely shut down a country. Yes. And they're not doing it because that would probably piss off too many regular people. Imagine if on all of the two lane highways across the United States, two truckers just went 20 miles under the speed limit and drove side by side. Yep. Grit just jamming up every interstate across the country. And it would only take a couple hundred trucks to do it. Now, imagine if you had 50,000 truckers across the U.S. who all decided <laughs> just the two of us right now in this spot are going to are going to cause a major traffic jam. Tim, that's, they're going to accuse a, you of inciting violence now in the media for saying that they, <laughs> some truckers going to do this. I'm kidding. No, the, no, no, no. Truckers, truckers do this in protest. I'm saying if they wanted to go to a larger scale, they could and they're choosing not to. Mm-hmm. They're just in a big convoy showing everybody that they they support a cause. They oppose the mandates. Yeah. Imagine if they actually tried to disrupt trade. Imagine how insane. First of all, imagine if they just said, I'm not driving today. So nobody brings food. If they did, did a general strike. Imagine if they were like, I'll drive, 
but we're going to drive real slow. There's so much they could do. They're choosing not to do. Well, and think about too, and Trudeau even has, I found his tweet the other day, you know, he had hashtag thank a trucker the other day because so think about ah. it. Mm-hmm. All of the blue city leftists that have been supporting lockdown policies for all of this time because they've got their sinecures, they're making their money, right? They're all still getting paid for sitting at home doing nothing. They're doing Uber Eats. They're getting, you know, they're getting their Netflix. The reason that they have supplies, their entire lifestyle was upheld that entire time because simply because to your point, truckers never went off the job. Truckers never stopped working. Truckers are literally essential workers, right? You know, there's this whole, you know, I I don't even know who it was that came in and said, oh, the news media is essential. Really? I don't think the news media is essential (laughs) workers. No, not even right. Absolutely. No, truckers, yeah. yes, absolutely an essential well, job. Well, well, hold, hold on. Uh, no. And it's those so, those same, but to end my point, journalists, it's those same exact people who are attacking the very people that allowed you to be able to live through those lockdowns when you were living lives of luxury for an entire year. I, I, I got pu- to push back. Yeah. Journalists are essential workers. But we don't have any is the problem. We have like a, a small <laughs> uh, handful fair. in this country. Yeah. So when, you know, CNN is like, we're essential workers. I'm like, shut your mouth. Like, mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. You well, know, when you have the, the small handful of actual reporters, people like Matt Taibbi, for instance, and what, what Rebel News is doing there on the ground, that's essential reporting. But CNN's panels about Donald Trump during COVID, please. You know, these truckers in Canada actually remind me, remember a lot long ago, we had the Southwest pilot calling sick? Yeah. Canceled his all right. Yeah, that's right. It's their, you know, peaceful way to also well, protest. But this is interesting. I actually talked to a pilot to understand because the media said there's no sick out. It's fake news. So uh, I talked to a pilot on the phone and he said, there is no sick out. There is no protest. It's worse than that. What had happened was the mandates had stressed the workforce to the point where they were just individually saying, I'm going to call in sick today. Wow. So it wasn't like anyone organized anything. You know, what I was being told by this guy he was like, listen, the idea that there's an organized protest means that there's a lot of people who are just following the leader. But this is actually grassroots. When they announced the vaccine mandates, a lot of employees just said, OK, I'm going to use up what sick time I have left and I'm done. So all of these people calling and saying, disrupting everything, well, the media was correct. It wasn't a mass protest. It was worse. But the system could, was collapsing. Yeah, mm. it could be individual just to start to resist and stress out. It's like, uh, I just don't feel like going to work anymore, you yep, know? Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of it. I said, you know, that's the, we have so many people like that in this country. Once they had enough of the COVID, two years of shutdown, rise of uh, tyranny. And the people, it's like, this is not the American we know about. And now what's going on also in school, shut down schools, parents cannot go to work, learning stuff that they don't approve online and tell parents you could be potentially domestic terrorist. People yes. are fed up. People One are thing, fed up. Yeah. One thing that's actually going, I think, to be an unintended consequence of this is that truckers all of a sudden just found out how important they are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the next level. So you're going to see, by the way, a lot of the, you know, for if there's collective bargaining that goes on, they're going to be getting paid. And you're going to see, I do think you're going to see a lot of people now looking out at this and saying, you know what? That doesn't actually look like a bad life, you know, mm-hmm. right? You don't need, you, you, you don't need to go to college. You don't need to get massively in debt. You go get your CDL, which you can study for it. You can get it. You, you learn the basic mechanics of being able to operate a big rig. You go out there and it, it basically is if you are willing to spend that much time on the road, but hey, you, you get to listen to long form podcasts like Timcast IRL while you're driving your truck. and others while you're driving the truck and 
you know, you, you get to see tons of parts of the country and you get to make bank. We actually have a friend who immigrated here on the green card lottery from Eastern Europe, um, came to the U.S. Literally, I picked him up at Dulles Airport, him and his wife. With They had two suitcases with them, but he was a commercial truck driver back home, learned enough English to be able to pass the test. Within five years, he, he owns two of his own trucks now, owns a home. He's been driving. His wife's English was better than his, so she's a dispatcher, and he's been to, like, all 50 states already. Yeah, well— wow. With the exception—well, 49, not Hawaii yet. So <laughs> one thing I was uh, sort of touching on and, and wanted to get into a little bit here is the fact that— for as unbelievably powerful and important truckers are as a collective group, the fact that we have not heard as much from them as a force as you tend to hear from other unions and worker organizations and groups of people in this country. And I don't know that it's so much the case that truckers just realized how important they are now. I think they've known. But this is one of the professions where people still genuinely care about the contribution they're making to society rather Amen. than just what they're taking home in terms of money. And also, I have to say this, another reason why I do genuinely believe believe that they care about what they're doing, they care about what they're providing, and they tend to be more down-to-earth people, is because this is one of the few professions where you can support a family that does not require a college education. Right. And that means these people are not going off to these institutions to be brainwashed with all these ridiculous ideas and coming out as communists. And look at how the establishment left smears and insults people who don't have college degrees. Yeah. This, this, this condescension, this elitism, it's uh, smarmy, it's gross. And it shows the disdain for working class people. Exactly. There's a, there's a comic that's uh, funny. It's from Stone Toss. And I love how the left really, really despises Stone Toss. I don't know much about him other than there's comics on the internet and one's good. And it's a leftist being like, you know, the workers of the world, you, you know, sh- sh- workers of the world unite. And then it's a right wing guy and he's wearing a cross and he's like, all right, I'm in. And then the, the leftist is like, eh, no, 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 thanks. Not you. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it's like we support the work. This, this is by the way where you get, um, Marxist Leninism comes out of Marxism and then eventually Maoism came out of that because, mm-hmm. um, the problem that Lenin realized and Trotsky early on was that the workers just weren't revolting against the government the way that that Marx had intended for them to do with historic progression. And so they real, they re, you know, the realization that Lenin had was that Marx missed something and that you need this revolutionary vanguard that can lead them through. And I'm actually reading about halfway done, um, uh, Pyotr Rangel's always, always with honor. Now he was the leader of the white army in the Russian civil war. So, you know, my background's more in China, Chinese civil war, cultural revolution. But I said, you know what? You know, Russia is actually where it happened first. And so mystery growth publishing is doing their book. You know, they're bringing, it's actually his autobiography, his memoirs that have come forward. And it's amazing. Number one, because he's a great writer. It's just, he's really good at writing, um, you know, giving a narrative, but also he explained that the Bolsheviks of their time, it was exactly the same as what we're living through now. So exactly the same. Yeah. I want to add something people might not know. Um, workers rule sounds great. The proletarian rule. But if you grew up in China, like I did, when you actually a worker's family, you have least amount of food rationing coupons. You live in a primitive conditions and you always work looked down on. I have in literally working parents. I grew up in that neighborhood. Everybody looked down on me because I am a daughter of illiterate workers' parents. We were starving. 
And then later, you know, once communists take over, the workers cannot unionize. There's yeah. no independent unions in China because you have to have a communist party mm-hmm. committee to supervise your workers' organizations. So you lose your, actually, workers' rights. Yep. So people cannot buy into that. Can, there, is yeah, you go, but I wanted to ask Lily a question in a moment. There's a viral video on Reddit right now because on Reddit, a whole bunch of leftist extremist forums are becoming increasingly popular, like late-stage capitalism, anti-work, work reform. They're overtly communist, but there's a video going viral of a guy explaining how capitalism is modern slavery. And it's one of the most – I don't know if this guy – he's got, he's got a podcast where he talks about capitalism being evil. I don't know if he's just an evil guy who's lying to seize power. You know, he wants to convince people to support a a cult ideology or if he's just really dumb. But he said, he's like, in capitalism, you will never be paid what you're worth. That's a myth. You have to be paid less than you produce for the employer, who is your feudal lord, who takes the excess of your labor and steals it. And I'm just like, and you can choose to quit. And then you can choose to start your own business. And then you can become a lord, whereas in feudalism, you couldn't. Whereas in these other con- countries with slavery, you couldn't just leave that position. But this is, right, this is the essential link between communism and capitalism that nobody likes to discuss. Because both are two sides of the same coin of materialism. And I know where you know that where I'm getting yeah, absolutely. this. Is that if you are basing your entire system around material goods and material wealth, then you're going to find one system or another that supports it or supports the reallocation of it in in terms of socialism. Whereas if you look at capitalism as a tool, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, we will, we like free enterprise, right? We want free enterprise, but that doesn't mean that the economy, the needs of the economy, the needs of the GDP should come at the, you know, should be given priority over the needs of families or over the needs of people that actually live in these communities. That's why our country has been hollowed out the way it's been because of this yeah. merger between us and the CCP that's been going on for 30 years. That's why the jobs have been shipped overseas. And there was someone on a podcast recently who was saying that it's actually a good thing that American jobs were all shipped over to China and all of the wealth was shipped over to China. And that's ridiculous because what that did was it empowered the CCP. It funded the growth of the Chinese military through F- America. FDI, that's where this is going. We have underwritten it. And Lily, you and I were talking earlier about how the city of Shanghai, that, you know, the area across the river Pudong has gone in 30 years from being, um, you know, farmland into one of the most uh, built up financial capitals of the world. Well, guess what? To the American people, you paid for that. You all paid for that. Yeah. I want, I want to pull up the story. Um, it's actually a series of tweets. The story is actually an opinion piece from Jack Posobiec from Newsweek. This year's Olympics will double as Xi Jinping's coronation. This was a fantastic, probably the best piece that's ever been written in Newsweek, I, I, I think, actually. I, I do like how you, you referenced your own article with wow. <laughs> you saw that. It was, no, it was pretty good. It was an okay piece. I no, wouldn't go so that I, far. So I, I was... tweeted out the, yeah, the excerpts from the article, but I took my name, I took, I cut it so that you couldn't see my name, and I just wrote, wow. <laughs> so check us out, check us out. Uh, this is a guy, I believe he's from the Southern Poverty Law Center, right? Yes. He said yeah, very highly credible, highly credible. <laughs> Newsweek. I want to hear what he has to say. Newsweek just published an op-ed by neo-Nazi collaborator and stop the steal liar what? Jack Posobiec. This guy is beneath OAN and not OANN now, just extremely embarrassing. Matty Hassan then says, "Congrats to Newsweek opinion editors Josh Hammer and Bungar Sargon for their ongoing struggle to mainstream and normalize the conspiracist far right in this country." Now, what I, I just want to mention 
we were talking about earlier is how they keep trying to do this this smear of calling someone a Nazi far right or whatever. And uh, just like here we are sitting with Jack Posobiec, who's a nice guy who talks about politics. And not once have I heard him espouse anything in any way supportive I, of any of these groups. I actually talked about and it's funny to hear Mehdi Hassan say that because Mehdi Hassan was a presenter for Al Jazeera for many, many years and has spoken out against. He made his bones in in reporting and, and later at Huffington Post speaking out against Islamophobia. Well, Mehdi, if you had actually taken the time to read the words that I wrote in Newsweek, there's actually a whole section in there about the concentration camps of Uyghur Muslims in Xinjiang that maybe something where we could actually agree on. So there's two points here. There was I wanted to bring this up. I mean, for one, you're here so we can talk about it. Hi. Calling you these names like a neo-Nazi collaborator. It's just I I, I don't believe any regular person, any any, you know, you you, you go knock on a random door and you show it to them. They're going to go, oh, shut up. Like, I just don't believe these people anymore. Like you you go to a local house of a guy who's not in politics and he's going to raid that and be like, I don't believe it. You look at Mehdi Hassan, who's now pushing the same narrative. But like you said, he didn't even read what you wrote. It's the same thing with the Joe Rogan story. Everyone, I, I love the meme going around where it's like, Joe Rogan spreading misinformation. Oh, really? What did he say? Nobody knows. See, see, that's how dangerous it is. It's the silence, dissident voices, mouse culture revolution. You cannot even talk to your family about anything because what if your family member report to the local red guards? Yeah. Then they could uh, go to struggle sessions. So I had to self-censor. When I start to ask questions, I only ask myself inside of my own head. Mm. I could not say well, anything. Wait, Tim, I, now I, do me a favor. You're, you're on Mediasan's page right there. Do you see over to the right where it has Mediasan's bio right yeah. now? Does it say where Mediasan currently works? Yeah, he works for NBC. So he works for NBC and he has a, uh, a show also on NBC's Peacock, which is their streaming service. Now, uh, I did a little digging on this, um, really, really deep digging. It took me, you know, seconds of time to search this up. NBC signed an $8 billion contract with the International Olympic Committee to be their exclusive host for the Olympics all the way through 2032. And then the exclusive streaming service of the Olympics is and it's so strange. Peacock TV, the exact same place where Mehdi Hassan has his streaming service. So it's so strange to me that such a coincidence Follow that they would money. send this guy Follow out yeah. with Absolutely. 8 billion reasons but to come out and be – it's like the – they used to actually, you know, have front groups for this sort of thing. Now they're just doing it in the open. Like, I it's just, like, try harder, guys. Come on. I just saw this story, and like I mentioned, the, 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 the trying to smear you, the not even reading the article, the Joe Rogan spreads lies, but we don't actually listen to his show anyway. And I'm just like, I don't think they're, I think, I think they've lost. I think they've outright lost. Well, this is what the establishment what media. Malice. Yeah. So, so that's the other thing I want to bring up. Michael Malice responded to Mehdi Hassan saying, impotence signaling is much funnier than virtue signaling. They've lost monopoly control over the mic and don't know what to do except sneer. Virtue signaling, of course, being like, look at me so virtuous. I condemn that too. But now they're just going like, we can't do anything about this, so we're losers. People are listening to Joe Rogan and they're not, Jack Posobiec is getting written up in Newsweek. What do we do? Well, and, 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 and just to, to Mike, I, you know, I appreciate it. So you what would they call me that I'm sitting next to Jack? Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. You're, you're, it's, you're, it're, you're it's, a collaborator, we, we, I guess. You're now a collaborator. Oh, yeah. no, we're we all uh, collaborators. We talked about this the other day. You're there's po- you're a poso, We're all no, poso no, right, collaborators. Right, right. No, no, look, we, we, we talked about yesterday. There there's, there's a, a tweet that's going viral where a guy says, in Germany, we have a saying. 
if there's 11, if, if there's 11 people, or if there's a neo-Nazi sitting at a table and 10 people at the table talking to him, you have 11 Nazis. And that is a psychotic worldview, but it proves to the left, politics can only flow in one direction. If you take an Antifa guy, sit him at a table, and you take Jack Posobiec and sit him at the same table and they're talking, the left will look at it and say, too far right individuals. Even though the one guy's clearly got an Antifa flag and wearing a mask and everything, they don't care. We, we have a picture of, you know, the too far right. Antifa guy. So yes. that's what they want to do. They want to shut down any kind of discussions, conversations by name. Well, Lily, yeah. let, me, let me ask you a question. When Chairman Mao launched the uh, uh, his anti-rightist campaign, what was every person so who spoke out? If you spoke out against the Great Leap Forward and you said, hey, there's millions of people who are dying of famine in the countryside, what were you labeled? Well, you will lose your job. You will get locked up. That's why the people don't understand when you say CCP dictatorship means all the leaders in China are not elected by people. They are appointed by the upper nine Communist Party officials. So they naturally want to cover it up. So when people die of starvation during the Great Leap Forward in the 50s, actually 50 million people died, but they don't want to report that to the central government because they can, local government officials can lose their jobs. They're trying to cover up. Same thing with COVID, same thing with the SARS, same thing with the flooding. So it's very dangerous. Here's the one thing, Tim, I want to tell you. Because of your good work and our discussion, somebody texted me. They just donated, and they live in New Hampshire. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're, good. We're, we're getting messages from people saying they're donating to your, to your campaign. Oh, great. Too. Thank well, you very much. You got really angry about the gun rights thing and mentioned having the AR-15. Everybody was cheering. And they uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> very, very happy with you. So you would be – right. So they would – so the officially, and they would and they would conduct the struggle sessions, and it would be around your neck. You would be labeled – a right-wing extremist for saying there were people dying and can of famine and committing even in some cases cannibalism in the countryside just so they could survive. Remember this? This the red guard, like the red guard do yeah. the struck sessions. Did you say this? Twenty twenty. The, the red salute. Yeah. The right. Twenty twenty. I've seen college students in America march down the street doing the red salute. Yep. Yes. Well, so Lily, speaking of college students and these types of people, one question I want to ask you, Lily, is prior to the Maoist revolution. Did you know people who were leftist or communist, or was it just a very well-organized small minority that ended up infiltrating and taking over? Were the, were the people calling for this, or how did this happen? Well, of course, I had no idea. I was born mm-hmm. like a, into the Mao's culture room. Mm-hmm. I was 2 years old to 12 years old. I was totally indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. We were just told that the Taiwan people are starving to death, and lots of people are living in hell. We need to go liberate them. And we need to be grateful for the party, for Chiang Mao. I would just, because I still had a little bit brain, right? I say, mm-hmm. but we're starving now. It's like, yeah. how could be worse off? They were right, mm-hmm. I mean, to us. But it doesn't matter. You self-censor, you don't ask questions. I never challenged anything in my life until I was 12 years old. When Mao died, it's like, a, oh, my God died. Because the way chanted every day, long live Chiang Mao, 10,000 years, double 10,000 years. Until he died. It was like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. who lied to me? That's what I was wondering. I was whispering to myself. And I decided to go to college, study law, so I can change China, maybe search for truth. But by the time I went to law school, and then they told me, no, 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 law is not for justice. Law is a tool used by the party to govern its masses. Super union model. 
I got lost again. Really, I had lots of very depressive, totally so lost moments in my life until I came to this country. You, you, were, you were telling us last time you were here that you had to like lie to try and get out of the country and pretend that you would, you know, you lied and claimed you would come back. Yeah, everything has to be PC because you need the permission of the party to quit your job. Otherwise, you pay money back. You need the permission to go get a passport. So I. That's why I call myself a straight red because I had to survive. If I want to come to United States for my freedom, I had to say whatever is PC. Oh, I'm gonna、um, get a college master degree here in the U.S. to serve my country better on my own time, on my own time. I will come back to serve my country. Okay, sign agreement. The agreement is I must promise to go back to China after my master's degree. Okay, or two consequences: we kick you out of the party because. You know, I was forced to join party in order to teach in law school as a faculty member. You must have the party membership, otherwise they don't trust you. Where your loyalty? You got to be loyal to the party. So I don't care about that. Okay, you can kick me out. I was on probation status anyway. First year, I hate it because I just could not believe anymore. Then next one's very hard. They kick you a personnel file. To your hometown, which is Chengdu, Sichuan, because if you live work in Shanghai, you must have your personnel file to go with your job. But if you don't go back on time, they kick your file back to Chengdu. So that means I, I there's no hope I can go back to Shanghai and live there as legal resident, have a benefit because that ties to your benefits. So I guess Tiananmen Square that the political asylum status kind of you know give to every Chinese student. Yeah. So I was okay later to go back to China,、oh, but、right. but I had to cancel my trip 2019 because I was threatened. How dare you speak bad about your motherland in the United States to students?、Mm. So when, I said I'm teaching the truth. No, you are traitor. <laughs>、uh, <when laughs> so was I was the, threatened.、Uh, well, when was the last time you were home? 2015. I miss my home. Wow. My family, my my extended relative, one brother, three uncles, one aunt, and cousins. I met some、uh, people who traveled through North Korea, and they told me that if there is like a small town or village, and they have a cow, and the cow dies, they can't touch it. They have to call the local military officer who is you know appointed to come and take the cow to be distributed evenly among the country for everybody. <laughs> if you take it to eat because you're starving. They they put you in the work camps, or they outright kill you and execute your family.、Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, you don't know every day, every minute you could be breaking the law. <clears throat> That's how bad. Look, when you talk about oppressive regime, it's it just people have no rights. You are treated like some animals without human dignity. Everything you say, everything you do, you are criminal. I'd hate to see American becoming like that. Why there's so many laws? You don't know which well, day you will be breaking the laws. You、yeah. mean like if somebody was holding the door open for you at the U.S. Capitol and you walked inside unbeknownst because you thought that you were just at a protest and if, now suddenly you're put in a gulag? If the、like、police、that? opened the door for the police, you, not、yeah. just somebody, the and、police. said、yep. on、yeah. camera, "I don't agree with it, but I respect your right to protest," waving you <sighs> in, and now those and now people are yep. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, maybe Trump will get reelected and pardon a bunch of people or something. But I don't think they're getting that that long of prison sentence. Trump、anyway. should really do something right now for the people that are behind bars, right? And if he could do something,、Agreed. set up a legal fund, set up a way. Just, just he can't tweet anymore, but you, he could post it through his,、um, you know, through his press release. Do something for the people now. Show people that you're still in the fight. If you want people to know that you're serious, do something for the people. Because guess what? 
they don't have the ability. They don't have the luxury of waiting until 2025. They're behind bars right now. Why yeah. can Why can they have a, every citizen sub, supposed to have the speeding trial? You cannot hold people this long. There are supposed to be no political prisoners in a free country. It's yeah. like why are the people still locked up without the trials? You know, we, we, we need to do something and question it to say, hey, we need to advocate. You know, they should have a speedy trial and you should have a jury and then you should, you should have all the means. Like it's become so political now. Mm-hmm. So you can get bailed out if you're violent criminals yep. and burn stuff and looting property. Somebody will raise $23 million for you to get out. You come out, you commit another crime, you kill more people. But those people, January 6th. Yeah. No, they're well, still in the jail. Lily, and I think the exact reason for that is because, unfortunately, uh, most Americans don't value the principles upon which this nation was founded as much as you do uh, as a citizen. And I think the ones who do value it are too complacent to actually do anything about it. So they bought into the media rhetorics mm-hmm. and... Uh, have you well, seen I think, well, I think many sad. of them, the thing is, I think many people haven't bought into the media rhetoric, but it happened a while ago. They're not thinking about it. It wasn't me. It wasn't my family. It wasn't anyone I care about. So I'm just going to forget just it. Like happened. A, just like the people say in Nazi Germany, by the time they came for me, there's nobody left to mm-hmm. defend me. That's how you lose a country so fast. Well, Solzhenitsyn wrote about that. He said a lot of the people who, when they were brought away by the guards, um, they would be told, they would say, oh, well, they were asked to come. They say, well, I'll just go down because this is a big mistake and I know I didn't. Yeah, do I'll go down wrong, to yeah, exactly. So I'll go down That's and right. explain things and they never came home. But the, you know, we were talking about, uh, fundraising a second ago and I don't know if you guys have seen the story that Andrew Kerr, uh, believes the Washington Examiner now, uh, has been reporting about BLM and the donations right. of BLM and the fact that they walked out of 2020 with $60 million in the bank. And we remember that in the wake of the George Floyd video going viral, there were companies just throwing, literally throwing money at BLM. But Andrew Kerr is actually doing the work now. And I think he even went to their registered address in Los Angeles and is trying to figure out, hey, so who's in charge of the money, right? Who's in charge of, like, who are the actual fiduciary uh, stakeholders here who is responsible for the $60 million. He can't, because we saw people, um, Patrice Cullors and others have resigned from BLM. So who's actually in charge of the money? He can't find anyone who's in charge of this. D- didn't he say the address wasn't even legit? Like he went there and there was nothing there. Right. And the guy said they've never been here. Yeah. And then they said, well, hold on, <laughs> but we, we appointed two people who to serve as the new, you know, the new runners, the new chairman of BLM. But then those, he went and, and interviewed those people and they said, oh yeah, they appointed us, but we never accepted. Wow. So we never accepted the appointment. So that's fraud. That's $60 million of fraud right there. Yeah. And so if that's all true, and he's, by the way, he's saying that I think, um, uh, I think the state AG is actually opening up an investigation into this because that, that's straight up nonprofit fraud if that's what's going on. All right. We got to go to super chats. So ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already, smash the honk button, honk the like button. One like equals one honk. And with your support, we will get many, many honks. Honk. Go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have a members only segment coming up for all of you guys. The uncensored, non-family friendly version of the show at 11 p.m. around then over at TimCast.com. Don't forget to share the show with your friends. Subscribe. Let's read some of these super chats. All right. Little Bear says, would you kindly make trucker hat merch with the honkening on it or something else cool? I wonder if Luke is listening to this and has already started making that as soon as he saw the super <laughs> chat. Uh, yeah, we could. We, we recently made a new shirt. It says, uh, it says join the cult. It says join the city urban liberal types. 
and then spell down it says join the cult, <laughs> join the cult yeah. and then it's uh it's it's a our version of the meme where the guys are like you know soy mouthing and pointing behind them mm-hmm. and the city's on fire and being destroyed by godzilla and aliens <laughs> oh my gosh make america honk again i don't know you got those hats let's make speech free again what other place make america there? honk again yeah honk. <laughs> I, I love it somebody is already making that hat right now and selling it and they're gonna make a million bucks. i saw a lot well, of we people have been doing do like the um like the canadian goose right it, you know yeah yeah i saw the i saw oh, the gadsden flag of it and said please leave me alone please <laughs> yes. I saw someone someone tweeted um uh the reason Canadians are so nice is because they store all of their hate in their geese. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's grab some more. So um I, I think this bears repeating. Just someone asked about it. The Moen says Lily Tang is a congressional candidate. What is your position on the Second Amendment, types of firearms that people can have access to and self defense? Now I know we did talk about it already, yeah, yeah. but would you be in favor of Americans owning rocket launchers? Rocket launches? Yeah. You know that I saw that some people do have that, do they? I don't know. I, yeah. I'm in favor of Americans owning rocket launchers. Well, hmm. you know, you know, whatever government soldiers have, do you think that uh, they can have everything? I personally do. Yeah. The, I think the Constitution says the right to keep and bear arms. And although it's probably fair to say the Founding Fathers didn't expect Scud missiles or whatever. Well, uh, did not have the technology back then. Yeah, yeah. They, but they, they, they did have cannons. But and, they, they, and they did have and uh, machine guns. Set, well, the and founders they had multi-barrel, multi-barrel yeah. guns that could sure. simulate full auto. So my, my, my issue is if a private citizen could own a, you know, a, a frigate with a massive, you know, cannon volley system or whatever with grape shot and all that stuff. And they, and they, they, uh, commissioned privateers. Why wouldn't an American citizen be allowed to have their own, you know, SAM site? Here's my stand that, uh, um, Second Amendment in the past, you know, of course, before we had all the modern technology, all the modern, mach- you know, machines, you know, um, arms that uh, only talk about guns. But what if someday the guns are no longer very effective and useful to protect your life, property, and liberty? What do you do? That's- we have to involve too. That's a that's a really good point. Yes. Arms. What does arms mean? Yeah. What are arms what if, mean? Right. What if we're using lightsabers and blasters? Well, are we gonna? Are, is the government gonna be like? Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, the Second yeah. Amendment doesn't cover blasters and lightsabers. Well, I I I think that uh, we have a constitutional right to use whatever we can to defend our family and the liberty and property. And we were involved with technology, and just like the government, uh, you know, troops will. So what's wrong with that? Otherwise, I, we're not effective to defend ourselves anymore if guns are not effective, you know? I, I think Amen. American citizens should be allowed to have nuclear arms. Nuclear weapons. Well, calm down, Tim. I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> Why not? Nukes? You actually want citizens to own nukes? Uh, does the Constitution say... I thought you were trolling. I does you were the Constitution here. say the people, the right of, of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed? Unless, of course... It's a nuclear bomb. It's a nuclear arm. It's true. The one of the biggest ones... My point is more so... If you want to re, re, uh, restrict the rights of American citizens to have the same weapons uh, that you know that, that governments have, you need to amend the Constitution. Mm. Well, the the other thing that I love that the Constitution doesn't say is, by the way, special asterisks that we found. I guess Nicolas Cage could find it at the bottom of the bar, of the Bill of Rights, the original that, that, Bill that, of yeah, Rights. The original Bill of Rights. I found the original Bill of Rights. <laughs> oh my gosh! Where it says that during a time of pandemic, all of this stuff is just is just <laughs> right. suspended. Well, I, I love it's that. like they oh, had man. pandemics of course they did there were hor- there right. were smallpox way worse I love way yeah, way yeah, worse yeah, during the time yeah. of the revolution and they didn't write anything about that I, I love the I think it's what Patrick Henry meme where he's like give me liberty or give me death 
Unless, of course, there is a pandemic. In, <laughs> whoa, in which case, whoa, unless, in yeah. which case, no. Follow the is... guidance of the medical, exactly. you know, right, 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 medical, exactly. you know, the medical czar. Exactly. No, look, look. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, their immediate reaction is like, whoa, 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 whoa. regular citizens shouldn't have nukes. And, and, and corrupt crony politicians should? No, they if, shouldn't if, either. Yeah. Well, yeah. right. So, so the point is, at what point did <laughs> we just become a, a civilization, a society that says, only the ultimate, you know, ultra powered authoritarians are allowed to wield the most powerful weapons. Mm-hmm. The point of the Second Amendment was that the, to secure a free state, the people need to bear arms. It didn't say accept cannons and accept mm-hmm. large warships. No, no, no. It said arms and private citizens had warships. Yes, they did. Well, I mean, nu- nuclear powered generators are run by private companies. Mm-hmm. Like well, West- yeah. Westinghouse is a private company. But does any but does any private company like does could you imagine if Bezos started building nuclear bombs? I know they're like, well, if the truckers don't want to comply, <laughs> guess what we're gonna do? Like, <laughs> you you think he won't in space? I gotta be honest. I'm pretty sure the oh nuclear God. weapons are actually built by private companies. Right? Did, uh, did one of the founder awesome. fathers say something like this? Like, uh, if people are afraid of government, it's tyranny. But if a government is afraid of people, it's liberty. That's true. Uh, actually, well, let, let me let me just clarify that past point. I mean. Raytheon, Halliburton, Lockheed, Boeing, yeah. these are private companies. But are they really? Right. I mean, and this, this kind of gets into what you were saying earlier about Xinhua in, in China, that essentially they are a government run enterprise. I mean, I don't think you can realistically look at a company like Boeing and say that they're not a state related enterprise. Yeah. All right. Let's read some more super chats. We got Recra Morrison says a few friendly facts of Canada. Alberta is where USA gets a lot of your resources. That's why they're protesting there for your information. Also, Canada only has 70,000 military, 100,000 police, and 2 million gun owners. So are you saying that that we're actually at a point now where there may be more truckers protesting than there are? Yeah, wow. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Man. All right. Justin uh, Bookman says, Hello, Tim and company. As a truck driver, the fact that Trudeau cowers in fear of facing the consequences that he started. George Strait said it best. This country turns on 18 wheels. Thank God we can depend, uh, we can depend, brothers of the highway, children of the wind. Breaker, breaker. It's crazy, man. Could you imagine what these, like, these hipster city urban liberal types would be doing if the truckers stopped delivering avocados to them? Well, this is what they always the talk apocalypse. about when, when people say if, you know, if we go into, um, a, a post-apocalyptic scenario that the cities won't be able to feed themselves. Well, of course they won't be able to feed themselves because they're fed through trucks right now, right? If you are eating, it came from a farm. If you are eating in a city, it came on a truck, mm-hmm. right? So the minute that this goes away, that the cities, where do they get their food? Oh, yeah. Let's read some more Super Jets. I was preoccupied for a moment. All right. Let's see. Kevin Bill says the Star Trek parody episode of Black Mirror is the best one. Love you guys and wish you all the best. Hong Kong. Good luck, Lily. The Star Trek parody episode of Black Mirror? It's the one this is all the most like. No, that was, I think it was like season four. Star Trek parody episode? I think it's where that, uh, I think he like takes their DNA and traps them in a Star Trek simulation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which one? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. The episode of Black Mirror that is parodying Star, uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek. That, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And he, and he gets trapped in his own little that. metaverse. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Anthony Barron says, earlier, Tim, you talked about that people think all Asians are Chinese when referring to the Whoopi story. Made me think of King of the Hill where Khan moves next door. Are you Chinese or Japanese? So Whoopi Goldberg, you know, we'll talk about that oh, one, members only for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but when she said that you're, she said the Holocaust wasn't about race, yeah. 
uh, Seamus brought this up. He was like, that's like saying the rape of Nanking was not about race at all because all, you know, they're all Asian. Oh, yeah, wow. exactly. Because well, she said it was wow. white people killing white people. And so my thought was, well, that's like it, saying the rape Asians of Nanking was just Asians, Asians killing Asians. That's <laughs> right. a ridiculously like, offensive wow. thing to One say. One of the most racist things yeah. she could have said. I know. But, it, but it also shows you They all how look the same to me. That's like, that would be a career ender for anyone who wasn't on the left. How you know? American <laughs> identity politics is essentially reductionist. It's yeah. totally reductionist because if you go to any of these, if you go to Europe or you go to Asia, obviously they view it as separate races. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, also, I mean, this idea of like race and dividing people into black and white is is much more modern, probably, I don't know, between 15 and 1700s. But historically, people have always divided themselves up based on their language, culture, and, and borders. So ethnicity has been a much more meaningful distinction for virtually all of history. Which and you notice that Whoopi is is kind. She tries to when she went on, on Colbert, she tried to say that, and it, but it just didn't come out at all. Mm-hmm. All right, Dubious Prime says Lily Tang is great, and I give her the best of luck on her campaign. Thank Some you. people you should look into is is a YouTube group called ADV China. They do great work on the beauty and downfalls of China. I do. Guys? I do watch them. I know those yeah. guys are great. Yeah, actually, they, they they were the motorcycle riders in China for years and years, and they are warning people. Oh, you gotta leave China now. You gotta leave. <laughs> Evodio Tovar says Lily Tang is my spirit animal. Oh, thank you. What kind of <laughs> spirit? I, I'm dragon lady. And my zodiac is dragon. Oh. Even though today's the tiger year start. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we got here in the super chats. Zebrusi says they're not scared of guns. They're scared of survivors of communism opposing them with guns. Love it. Wow, what a great comment. Yeah. I just watched um, just a, just a Superman Red Sun. It's the uh, it's a comic, but they made a movie of it where it's a reimagining of Superman where he, his ship cl- crash lands in the Soviet Union, and then he ends up becoming a communist. It's really interesting. It is they, the way they the way they view it. He 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 basically witnesses the Holodomor and then goes and confronts Stalin, and Stalin tells him, "In this system, some people have to die." So then Superman goes very wise words and then executes Stalin on the spot. Did they and have then like becomes the dictator who and, takes over? The, the literal, well, Stalin meant Man of Steel. Yeah. Superman is the Man of Steel, right? Is yeah. that the whole thing? But then, isn't it also that? Um, so that Batman, they 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 work Batman into the Holodomir as well. He's a and little so, kid, so he's a little kid in Ukraine, and yeah. this, that's like it's kind of a crazy thing for a fictional show to do. Which, oh, it's, like it's, to put it's, your cartoon characters I, I into like one of the worst genocides in I, human that, history. That being said, though, who else is actually talking about that stuff? I, I thought oh, it was that's good. true. It's when, sad. when 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 Stalin explains culture. Why, the, no, right. the motivation behind the Holodomor, mm-hmm. and Superman is like, "Yep," and then kills him and takes mm-hmm. over. I'm like, that's. And no, and to be fair, it's, like it's Captain America fights the Nazis and stuff right. too. So it's, it's, but this it's is a reimagining of Superman's story yeah. as, as if he was raised in the Soviet Union. It's actually really interesting because they it's, have, it's, it came out, the, the graphic novel, I believe, came out in the 90s. Like, yeah, that's a long an time older, ago. it's an older story. Yeah. It definitely could not be written today if you're working for DC. No way. You know, DC really likes to be extremely brutal. Like everything is very adult and very graphic and just totally brutal. Like I was, I was watching Titans. I don't want to spoil anything, but let's just say like it's, gory to, to put it mildly you look at the marvel stuff and it's very family friendly but then you know i watch the justice league stuff and it's well, we just saw the new gore. um the new scream actually and it's extremely gory fantastic movie though really it, it is anti-woke um it's really? an excellent story they brought really? back the original writer as the executive producer obviously Wes craven is around anymore but it feels like a 90s movie it's definitely anti-woke 
Um, it is gory, just the same way the original one was gory. It may even be a little bit more gory than the original Scream. But um, it's even something where, because like Tanya had never seen the Scream movies before, my wife, um, and because born in Soviet Union. And uh, she watched this one, and they explain enough of the original that you, like, you don't need to have watched any of the uh, regular ones before you see this. All right, let's read this one. We got, we got to Danibus. He says, the media today would not report on Tiananmen Square. It's appalling. No, I think it's worse than that. I think if Tiananmen Square happened today, they would report on it. Oh, yeah. But imagine, imagine how pro- Domestic yeah, terrorists. Yep. Uh. A group of domestic terrorists, far right, yeah. were trying to, an insurrection. Somebody the would, Hong Kong protests, Somebody would, that? Yeah. Somebody would show up with like report, one yeah, flag yeah. and they would say, oh, look yeah, at this guy with happened. the flag of the Qing they, dynasty. They, they go, look, this Chinese man has a Confederate flag. <laughs> the Chinese, yeah, right. <laughs> did, did they ever show on CNN and say, Chinese students were holding American flag and the sign says, we want to seek the amendment right here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I don't know if they show that or not, but I, I have the picture. Well, good for them. Yes. All right. Ridiculous. Envy of the world. A very, very important super chat. Ridiculous says, Hong Kong. I love it. Thank you. Hong Kong. Hong Kong. Yes, Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Well, that, Free Hong Kong. That wasn't ridiculous at all. <laughs> Free Hong Kong. Oh, my God. Free Hong Kong. Free Hong Kong. That's our Free shirt. Free Hong Kong. I love that. That's actually a really good one. That's, Free, that's Free Hong Kong. But then yeah. do the flag of Hong Kong. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, there we go. All right. Free if, Hong if, Kong. If, if, yeah. if our merch crew is listening, there you yeah. go. Here's another shirt idea. All right. Lost Valley says, I finally unsubscribed from Philip DeFranco after 12 years because I couldn't stand the leftist elitist talking points he spouts every day. What happened to these people? Philip DeFranco is the guy who hosted Gary Johnson in like 2012 or whatever on YouTube. Now it's, you know, it's just all generic narrative establishment. I never followed him too closely. I don't, like I don't just mean Phil him. I'm a Franco fan. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't oh, mean no, to just I single him. A lot of these YouTubers. Like, but just people in general. Where's so. Neil Young, who's Mr. I'm a working man, standing up for the trucker? He's Canadian. Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I heard that he was like deeply homophobic. Is that true? Well, there was a comment that Rolling Stone apparently reported back in the 80s when AIDS was coming out where – and they reported that Neil Young said something that I probably can't even re- repeat no, a little can't. bit while we're on this it one. Was we, brutal, we can talk about it. Brutally in, almost, like It was like... We'll talk about it in the next hour, but yo, it, it is bad. I've heard some bad stuff, but if this quote is real, I was like, man, this is like... That's a brutal thing. Yeah. Like, it was... Which and I'll give Neil Young so the benefit of the doubt because this is Rolling Stone and I do not believe anything that is just ri- printed right. in mainstream media. I just don't believe it. And it's it's sh- it's a shocking comment because it's like you could you you can disparage a group of people, but he went far. Be he was I don't know, man. I guess people change over it's the true. time. It's true, they man. Do they they grow? Some people grow apart too after they've been married for thirty years. So I guess people change. <laughs> true. Yeah. All right. Let's read some more Super Chats. We got a... Let's see what we got here. Jerry McKinty. Watch Dr. J. Peterson's Canadian Constitutional Crisis. Brian Peckford, the last living premier who wrote the Canadian Charter of Rights in 1982, is suing the government for violating every Canadian's rights. Very interesting. Erica Lee says, I'm not ready to lose DeSantis as governor right now. We need him where he is. Mm. The political climate in the state is way too tenuous at the moment. Yeah, can I make a quick point about this? Because we were talking about uh, DeSantis' potential ambitions for you know becoming president of the United States. And there's a really important question to ask here. Where is he more valuable? I think if you were to ask the question, is it better to have like a really good, solid president like him or 50 really good, solid governors? I think anyone would say 50 good, solid governors. And then it's a question of like, all right, well, what if it's 25? What if it's 10? 
I think ultimately Florida needs him really badly right now, and I think he's a fantastic example for other people who want to be effective and popular as political leaders to look to and emulate in their own state. The DeSantis model clearly is the winning model. Exactly. All right, David says, F that, here's 50 for Lily's big ball energy. And I don't mean big ball in the TikTok way. Yeah, a lot of people have been chatting that they've, they've been donating to your website. What's your website Amazing. again? It's uh, LilyTownWilliams.com. Then, go, go. then you can click on Lily for Congress. I have a YouTube video there, two minutes, announcement video, why I'm running, and uh, keep the American dream alive. The spot says, if she doesn't win, I don't know who should. More American than most Americans. Agreed. Isn't that, isn't Thank that crazy? You. Could Thank you, you. Ima- like, like, for, and I'll give you the pitch right now for, for, for the for Congress. Imagine her giving speeches like this from the floor <laughs> of the House of Representatives. Oh. And then every single news, they, and by the way, like the stuff they do to like Lauren Boebert and MTG and others, they, they will go after you like crazy. Yeah. They'll find some tweet you liked or something and they will go nuts because as you said before, you represent a huge problem for their agenda. They'll say she talked to you, Jack. They'll say she talked to me, me right? They'll say she talked to us and she, she a known cool. associate <laughs> of mis- neo-Nazi collaborator. Misinformation <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it's okay. I'm, uh, I have a very thick skin because for our freedom, liberty, which is my North Star, there's nothing else that, uh, you know, I'm not waiting to do. I, I'm waiting to die for this country. So whatever they take on me, don't want to have a conversation with me. I always wear smile and have a conversation. But if they just call me bad names, I think I only make them look like Nazis. This is what I, you know what I was saying about uh, a lot of these people who are coming up from the southern border. There, these, I have infinitely more respect for the people trying to enter the country illegally through the, through the southern border because they love this country more than many of the people who live here. Granted, they'd be better off entering legally. I don't like the, I don't, I don't respect the, the fact that they would disrespect the country by breaking its border. But there's something still within those people where they're like, they look at the American flag and they dream of being there because of opportunity. But I don't understand. Not, this country is so racist oh, and backwards sexist, and yeah. sexist. But that, Why that, would anyone want to come to such a place like that? Systemic racism. Yeah. 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 This is what I'm saying. Imagine if, you know, when we, we, we open our doors to immigration and through a legal process, we'd be bringing in all the people who really, really want to be here and love this place. But the problem is the people who are here who hate this place are making it worse. Making it more like the communist, you know. Are you suggesting genre. a trade? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, haven't oh, wait, the meme's been made, but, yeah. uh, you know, the weird thing is that these, these people don't want to leave. Program. They, they hate America, but they won't leave. Yeah. Have Have you so ever funny. seen somebody from America want to, like, escape and cut the barbed wires to go to another <laughs> side, to, to yeah. go to well, Cuba, well, Cuba? Actually, yeah. actually do they, do go, they do go to Canada. There are a lot of Amer- Americans who sneak into Canada, for real. So they're usually like low-income younger people, and they try to get into Canada thinking they'll get free health care or something. Mm-hmm. Usually it doesn't work out. And Canada has an actual immigration system, so it doesn't work out It's actually they think it will. So uh, I, I think Luke actually went up to, th- to the border where people were crossing over. There's no like real defense for Canada, I mean— Here's yeah. the thing, though, right? right, right you, know, you know the vaccine passport, do they now? Yeah, you do. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think well, they just the whole give immigrants minute. health care. Yeah. The, the protest. No, sure I know. That, yeah, yeah. No, that's my point. But that's yeah. and that that is exact. That's the essential issue: is you can have immigration or you can have a welfare state, but exactly. you can't have both. Yeah, you can't have both. You cannot have open borders and a welfare. So state. legal no. immigration is a way. 
And uh, I'm a pro immigration, but I'm pro legal immigration because American people have some kind of say, you know, what kind of people they want to come here and they want the security too. But here's something also crazy about legal immigration. Let's say example, my brother, I petitioned for him to come to this country after I become citizen. He waited 13 years. If I was a Mexican, he would wait for 19 years. Wow. That's why you give people incentive to come from southern border when it's wide open because who has lifetime to wait for yeah. the legal, you know, immigration well, opportunity? And it's a vicious cycle because part of the reason it takes so long for people like you who want to go through the system and the legal process to get here, part of the reason it takes you so long is because of all the people skipping in line and coming into the country without permission. Right. That's not fair at all because, Agreed. you know, that I, I think uh, we need to really have a good conversation about immigration issue. But right now without secure border it, it's chaotic and it's mm -hmm. national security threat and you give incentive to the and human traffickers and yeah. drug dealers could be even the terrorists slick in from southern border any, it's crazy. Any, right. any conversation on on immigration the, the the opening bid has to be the borders need to be you need to have control of the borders first period then we can have a conversation about what to do afterwards amen yeah. let's read some more super chats we got diana prokop says would be so grateful for a shout out of my children's book on friendship lunar new year and the endangered chinese river dolphin it's titled the baji michael malice knows about the dolphins does he? That's true. No, yeah, the dolphin, it, it is, um, it, in some cases, has been eaten a lot. The river dolphins in China, um, uh, you can barely find them anymore. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right. Not Bob Saget says, Tim, have you heard of Portland Andy? He has been on top of the convoy the entire time. Some of the best coverage you can find. Shout out to all the hot dog warriors out there with the ones and, does it say O's? FJB. All right. I've, I've been hearing a lot about Portland Andy. I'm not familiar. But, not, uh, not Andy, no. I don't, no, I don't think so. He's from, he's, he's not, from Portland. He's from Portland, but he's not, but that's not, Portland Andy is not Andy, no. I think Portland Andy is a different streamer. Okay. It is, yes. Oh, it okay, is? okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Right on. All right. Let's see what we got. Lacey Ferguson says, I'm starting to feel like we've been cast in the remake of Red Dawn and it's being directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know though. All right, let's see. We got. Well, you get Amanda Milius, who's the daughter of the original director. Oh, there you go. The Care of Bear says True North Rebel, Spencer Fernando, Western Standard, News for Canadians. Uh, Maxine Bernier, uh, Bermier, Bernier, is it Bern? Is our only hope. Love from Calgary. And then someone said, uh, Marcus said, Tim Pool for president. Never. <laughs> <laughs> if like all the people rose up one day and they were like, no, we really do mean it. Tim be president. I'd be like, give me one minute. I just gotta, I gotta go get a pack of smokes. And then <laughs> you run, no, it's gone. gone. There yeah, were, gone. there were actually like instances in church history of a, a group of people rising up and deciding that like one person should be their bishop. And he's like, I don't want to. Like, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. do it. Well, guess what? That's why you have to. Yeah, exactly. No, like, it's we true. Want you. But it's also like, it sounds noble. Like the people are like, yes, you're our leader. It could also be kind of like, I'm not doing it. You do it. Yeah, yeah. That's or also that, true. Uh, Cardinal ship too as well. There's one specific example. I can't remember yeah. the exact one, but yeah, yeah. There's, there's one recently in, in, um, in the 1980s in Poland where they wanted this, um, you know, this guy who was sort of mediating between the, the solidarity union and mm. the communists. And he's like, he's like, look, uh, and they, and, and one of the leaders had actually met with, 
John Paul II and said, Hey, my local bishop should be a cardinal. And, and, and John Paul II just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one I'm thinking of, and I wish I could remember the name, but the guy was not even a priest at the time. And they're like, we need him to be our bishop. And they ordained him and made him based. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got a couple here. Sandra Nadeau says, dear, we truckers have always known the importance of what we do. This hasn't made us realize that it's made you realize it. Ooh. Yeah, but but the fact that the truckers show restraint and not shutting everything down whenever they don't get their way is like I think Seamus you said it's indicative of their more of their and their moral character. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no. My my point was ask for more truckers. Yeah. This, seize the moment. Take Vienna when you set out to take <laughs> Vienna. Take Vienna. Right. Yeah. Go go for broke right now. This is literally your moment. So any kind of bargaining or contractual agreements you have right now, you it's the dead of winter. Supply chains are already creaking. Just go for broke. Do it. All right. Teabaggin Elite says, oil field trucker here. Those Canadian boys are awesome and deserve respect. I listen to this show daily and I get to make great money. No college debt and I make more than most of my friends that went to college. Mm-hmm. Love it. And Good then he, posts, mm-hmm. he posted a bunch of duck emojis. <laughs> why, but I appreciate them. Hong Kong, Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong. And this is, this is part of why I made the point. <laughs> there you go. Damn, my goodness. Um, th- that, was, this is, that was that was you. That, that was actually me. Dying. Yeah, that was that me. Dying. You can't blame that on me. I I know. All right. Um, part of <laughs> part of why uh, I love it though, and part of why I mentioned the fact that truckers like don't generally go to college is because I just. I trust them so much more as a group. I know. I really do. Like, if you're going to talk about one group of people that have strong political power within their profession, it's like, yeah, truckers. Well, this is why Biden and every politician that shuts down fracking, it's a direct assault on truckers. Because I remember this coming from Pennsylvania, you know, talking to people from that northern tier or the western part where the Marcellus Shale was found, that it. I remember sitting with a trucker once, and he was telling me that, like, he said, I can make as much as I do now hauling in one day in my local just just area where i can take my kids to school in the morning mm. and now i can co- be home with them in the evening and i can make as much as i do now thanks to fracking then i used that you know i used to be on the road for a week doing this and so that's why fracking is actually such a huge issue for those parts of pennsylvania for ohio it would be huge in new york because new york state has the marcella shale underneath it but no governor is allowing the development of this that's why the trucking industry and then you get the secondary and tertiary benefits of that through it. The same deal if we were able to open up Alaska more. I was just up at the northern shelf there, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? You get actual economic benefit. I don't want to invade Afghanistan or the Middle East. I want to invade the United States. Yeah, invade Alaska. <laughs> get the oil right. from the United States. Elliot says, I am a proud POSO collaborator. Boom. <laughs> Let's do it. So Bill Hughes actually has a, a really good point about Whoopi Goldberg. He says, so Whoopi, there wasn't a genocide in Rwanda? Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Whoopi. Yeah. Whoopi. So, look, Answer that, Whoopi. I think, I think we should talk about the Whoopi Goldberg thing for the members segment because it's going to get real spicy talking She's about World War II. She is. Yeah. She, oh, really? Oh. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. So it yeah. like, was a career there, ender. There, there was... She'll be back. She'll, I got throwing it down I mean, right look, now. Look, She'll be back. I don't yeah, think. Right. I don't I think. Speak Roseanne soon. shouldn't have lost her job, and 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 Whoopi Goldberg shouldn't lose her job. People are allowed to have dumb opinions. She's suspended. Yeah, she might be back. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just so I, the view is ABC. I, I, well, this right? as a viewer of the view, this really breaks I, my yeah. heart. Yeah. <laughs> I love seeing her every no! single. Have you guys ever seen the Family Guy joke about the view? Mm. They're all just clucking and they're balking, and then all of a sudden, one of the women goes and stands up, and there's an egg, and then the camera. Zooms in on the egg while they're all balking, 
I just thought it was a really well done joke. <laughs> they would never do that joke again, though. Yeah. It's just the women at the view going, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> and then they're surprised they laid an egg and they're all bucking louder oh and gosh. yelling about it. Love it. All right, everybody. Smash that honk button. One like equals one honk. Support the great honkening protest. Um, subscribe to the channel. Share the show with your friends. Go to TimCast.com. We're going to have that members-only uncensored segment up around 11 or so p.m. You're not going to want to miss it. So sign up. You can follow the show at TimCastIRL on Instagram and everywhere else. You can follow me basically everywhere at TimCast. Lily, do you want to shout anything out? Well, that uh, I want to tell people how they can follow me and contact me, right? Besides my website, and I also have a Facebook page, Um Lily for Congress used to be Lily for Liberty. So I already built up 22,000 followers. Now it's changed to Lily for Congress. So please go there and follow me and I might do live. I give you update and please donate. As I said, this is a grassroots campaign. Our freedom is not free. We need everybody donate. Help me to put and me. What's your website so people can support you? LilyTownWilliams.com. LilyTownWilliams.com. I would really appreciate it. I'm on Twitter. I got uh, 20,000 people or something. And I'm on Instagram and YouTube. I'm everywhere. I'm trying to do my best to save, you know, America I love. I have no place to go. So I don't know about you guys. Where would you go if we go to this country? <laughs> I don't want to go anywhere. I want to stay here. Yeah, stay I've, here. I've been to a lot of countries and America is the best by far. So we need to stay here fight. We have yep. to have faith in our system, in America, people. So, Nitz, you here, like here. it. Yes. Right on. Yeah, hey, Jack Posobiec, you guys know where to follow me. Uh, Twitter, Getter, Facebook, Rumble, etc. cetera. Uh, the podcast is Human Events Daily. We are the cliff notes of your day's news. And tomorrow morning, if you want to catch me, I am actually going to be guest hosting War Room Pandemic Ooh. for wow. the great uh, Steve Bannon. So I'll be running the show out of Washington, D.C. Seamus Coughlin, Freedom Tunes. If you want to check that out, I release political cartoons every Thursday, sometimes uh, on Tuesday or other days of the week as well. If you want to check that out. And also, I just want to – Lily, we have a lot of great guests on here, but honestly, you are you are really a great American. Amen. And I, I love Amen. the spirit that you have and, and how badly you want to fight for this country. So I, I just want to plug Lily for Congress again to everybody watching. Thank you. you thank course. you. Now, now I don't feel alone anymore like I did in China. I have all of you. It's great. Oh, yeah. I think it would be amazing to see we you, have you on the floor. Unbelievable. You know, imagine if every up. member of Congress loved America as much as you do. Can you imagine? So, wow. Just a couple of them, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a, a caucus. I don't even need all of them to. Just get like a couple there, of them there in there. There. Is a, there is a Russian immigrant from former Soviet Union mm-hmm. Is a congresswoman right now, mm. and she wants to compare FBI what they're doing to say, "Are you are you are you becoming kind of like a KGB?" That was a great <laughs> speech. Yes. <laughs> yeah, CNN has it up. By the way, Whoopi Goldberg, nine forty nine p.m. has been suspended from the. Whoa! View. Moment so we of got, silence. We got, we got to talk about it. We got, we got, we got some F's in the, the chat, folks. No, no F's in chats. Don't care about that. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, Rand Paul really does care about uh, the U.S. because he was just at a restaurant that they tried to shut down for the vaccine passport thing. Um, and I w- did want to say, Lily, thank you for stopping by again. I'm very excited for your run. I am Lydia. I produce a little podcast slash live stream called Kim Task IRL, and you guys can follow me on mm. Twitter at Sarah Patchlets, also on Minds. She's the best. She brought me here <laughs> twice. <Yeah. laughs> also, I, I will say too, it, I it, was not. I meant no disrespect to Rand Paul or, or the few people yeah, in there who few, actually yeah. do care. There are some. Yeah. Before before I get accused of you know mis- whatever. 
It is a two-week suspension. Oh. It is a two-week yeah. suspension. Well, I right. hope she thinks well, let's, about let's, what she's told done. Well, let's told you, told you. Let's, let's get to the nitty-gritty of yeah. everything that's going down over at TimCast.com in the member segment. So check it out. Sign up. We'll see you around 11 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.